Attraction Showdown! Hello and welcome to Attraction Showdown, the podcast where we take a look at two different rides, shows, and attractions to decide which one is better. I'm joined as always by my co-host Jalen Harvey at the podcast for all things but mostly Disney. How you doing today, Jalen? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. What's good? I've been I've been sick these past couple of days, but I'm finally over it. So I'm excited that we get to record tonight. Dang, I'm sorry, man. Tragic. I, I hope you're feeling feeling better. I uh, week's been pretty rough for me too, uh, but not sick. Just <sighs> sick of uh, sick of dealing with first graders. <laughs> <laughs> They've been erratic this week. <laughs> I have no idea why. Maybe they're maybe they're all upset that we lost. I don't know if your district lost, but we lost Monday. We lost President's Day because of the hurricanes. So maybe that's why everybody's upset this week. Oh, we lost it because we had Fair Day <laughs> every um, every year in Hillsborough County down here in Tampa. We get either depending on what part of the county you live in, you get Fair Day off for the Florida State Fair, or you get. Uh, one day off in like March for the Strawberry Festival out in Plant City. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I have no idea how that level of capitalism worked its way into the budget. But yeah, it's 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 a day where they give you free tickets and say go spend money with your parents. That that sounds great. Hold on, just give me a second. The dogs are going nuts. Is Michael Vick back there? What's going on over there? I don't know if you would get that reference. I don't know if I'm, I if I'm dating myself with I that don't. reference. Oh, God. I don't even know if that's like a black thing. That just might be an age thing. Oh, my God. There's, <laughs> and I'm 90% sure 90% of the people listening to this is around your age. So, good Lord. And they're done. Okay, Except good. The dog, oh. the dog fighting stopped. Oh, nope, nope. <laughs> Round two. Good God. I don't know, but... You need to get your you need to get your dacha bun and your uh, you know and your your herder over there. I don't know what kind of battle you got going on in the back, but um, you got you got to get those guys together. Yeah. Speaking about terrible things, let's let's roll into today's topic. Oh Lord. Um. So yeah, we're talking about Splash Mountain and Ripsaw Dudley Do the Rights Ripsaw Falls. Um. So obviously we're going to address the elephant, and when I say we, Jalen is going to address the elephant in the room. Um, if you've ever been on the internet ever, you know um, this ride is surrounded in controversy, and I'm just going to let Jalen explain it. Uh, so how can I put this? Back in like the 1940s, this movie called Gone with the Wind came out, and it had some like. I want to say racist undertones. It was just set in the South in Georgia. And so that just comes with a bunch of racist crap. Walt Disney being an opportunist went to have his own version of it. And like many of the the times that Disney, not just Walt, sees that one studio is doing something nine times out of 10, when they try to replicate it, it's trash. (coughs) Tron (coughs) black hole. But, um, Although they got their return on, on Tron 30 years later. But and I guess technically Song of the South, too. <laughs> they got that, their return on that 20 years later. But 
he makes this movie based off of these stolen stories that were actually passed down from African folklore that this one dude named Jewel Chaniel Harris, who lived down here in the South, basically talked to a bunch of former slaves, stole their stories, didn't give them any credit, and marketed it off as like his own book. And just with the worst, worst diction of all time, like the most abhorrent diction of all time. Like it's just the most abhorrent, I wouldn't even say abonics. Like it's just, I can't even read it. And y'all know how I talk. I can't even read it. Good God. It's, it's, it's just, it's terrible. So Walt naturally ends up making an entire movie about this, about this book. And it is really, it's not as bad as Gone as the Wind, but it's also, it's starring Hattie McDaniel and James Bassett. Hattie McDaniel was also inside of, I think she was also in Gone with the Wind, where she also paid this sort of like racist mammy character. That was just the the name, like the norm of the time. So the movie gets made. It's mid. It's really mid. And the main star of it, uh, James Bassett, he couldn't even go to the premiere because it was in Georgia. And as they said back in the old days, colored people weren't allowed to sit inside of the white theater. So he couldn't even go to his own premiere. Later, in the year, James Bassett starts to die, heart attack, at the age of 40. Walt basically has to go beg to the Academy to give, and this is something that people love to highlight, but they don't like to talk about the real, like the real Oscar. Black people back in the day, even in California, couldn't get real Oscars. So he got an honorary Oscar, which is basically the same, like, award when they give to canines on the canine unit for the cops like they get an honorary award it's like oh yeah you're a cop but you're not really you're just a dog and that's essentially what it was yeah you're yeah you're an actor but you're a black actor and they probably wouldn't even say black i don't even think they would say negro I don't I don't think I can say that word on here because this is a PG show. But yes, he couldn't even get that. Years later, Walt lived to regret it and ended up making it seem like, oh, it, it, it wasn't good. Although he regretted it, but still would push out Song of the South and just market it down south and would also market it overseas, which is why we later get the Tokyo Disneyland version. But that I'm kind of okay with. It's... Years later, another man who grew up in the South and loved these stories enough to make an entire boat ride on it, Tony Baxter is like, yo, in the 80s, by the way, in the 80s. So maybe about 20 years after the civil rights, you know, bill got passed and about maybe, I don't know, 20 years in between of just complete terrible things that happen to the black community that just get initiated by the government's hand. If you are somebody who grows up in school and you wonder why they stop after the civil rights movement and they just act like everything is cool, there's a reason. Because for the next 20 years after that, it's just the war on drugs. It is also the crack epidemic. It's also the AIDS epidemic. The black community was just getting screwed over. Just hands over, hands over, hands. Like, just terrible, 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 terrible. Oh, also to backtrack a little bit. Back in the 1940s, the NAACP told Walt it wasn't a good idea. And they demanded to see the movie beforehand so they can see it, so they can, you know, vet it. Walt was like, you Negroes aren't touching this. He didn't say that verbatim, but I'm 90% sure he thought it. Years later, Tony Baxter apparently did go speak with the NAACP and 
how they how it's put is that they said it was okay, but I don't think they said it was okay. And this is just me, my own speculation. They didn't say okay because they probably looked over the plans. It's because the NAACP was having way too much other stuff getting like way too over incarceration of black men just complete ravaging by drugs in the community. And then on top of that, you also have the AIDS epidemic. The last thing they were worried about was some ride. So obviously, you know, a white man from the South probably shouldn't have been the people that they tap to do adapt African folktales. But even in the 80s, you know, I know the 80s weren't that progressive, but you had black people around. I mean, you guys were going to get Alex Haley to do the Tire like after like y'all gonna do the African pavilion and you can't tell me that there was like like Alex Haley still wasn't kicking I, I think he was around up until like the early nineties so I would have probably got him to do it not the white guy who was born in like the early fifties who grew up during segregated South in Georgia to do this ride because that is the last person to ever 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 do the ride. That's the last person. But of course, because everybody loves Tony Baxter, they let him do it. And we get a ride that has is basically Minstrel Mountain. That's what I like to call it. I like to call it Minstrel Mountain with those jigaboo behind animals. It is absolutely abhorrent. Oh, and then they get a white guy to do the main voice of a rabbit when he's doing the most pickaninny voice of all time, and they put in Disneyland. And originally, they wanted to rename the land to Dixieland, which, oh boy, he did. Tony Baxter didn't eventually get away with that, with making it Dixie Landings over at what is now known as Port Orleans Riverside, which they did change later because they realized, good God, we're in the 90s and we should do better. Like, good Lord. It is abhorrent how much the Walt Disney Company dropped the ball. And it's not like it was in Walt's time. I could understand if this was made in like the 1950s. Heck, they have the Aunt Jemima Plantation House with an Aunt Jemima walk around character, which is very real. Look it up. It's a very real thing. And apparently Walt and her were tight. Apparently Aunt Jemima knew all the tea going on at Disneyland. And that's who Walt would sit down with and she would basically tell him everything that would happen. I'm not even bullcrapping that. I heard that. That's maybe heresy. Heard that from somebody who knew tea about that. Anyway, I could understand if they had that back in 1955 because I would totally understand having a Dixieland back then. By understand, I mean I understood how they could get rid, get away with it. But in the time of like the 19, like, they make this in the 80s, and it opens up in 89. Later on in that deck, and then they make it again. They copy it two times over, also in Walt Disney World. But what's wild to me is that you also, in the 90s, is I like to call the golden age of black people in general when it comes to media. You have way more conscious rap. You have way more conscious difference like different, different spectrums of blackness being shown on TV. And also in the media, you have John Singleton dropping boys in the hood. You have Denzel Washington in the Malcolm X video. You have Spike Lee, who is just going off with do the right thing. Like you have all of these racially charged stories that are being told from these black creators and you go ahead and you make this abhorrent ride and you don't even tap and the only reason why I think they tap a white guy to do the voice of Br'er Rabbit is because they know 
a black person probably would have slapped the dog crap out of them if they even attempted to ask them to do this pinning this piccaninny minstrel show behind voice like it is like that's terrible why is wacko warner doing his best to sound like a racist cartoon from the old looney tune days like good god it's awful i mean heck it's cool that you get james avery to be to be brea fog frog because you replace they replace uncle remus which they originally won an animatronic of uncle remus which Michael Eisner, that's when Michael Eisner was like, whoa, I think we're doing a little too much here. That's what made him stop. Not the pickaninny rabbit voice. And the, oh, bear rabbit. Oh, oh, bear rabbit. What you got going on here, bear rabbit? Like, good God. Y'all really think that we... I, to all the people out there, to all the people out there who like the voices I find to come from animals, no. If these were coming out of the mouths of human beings... Everybody and their mother would be having a giant press conference right now. And Michael Eisner would have had to go in front of the NAACP and get whatever black person he had on staff who was like the main celebrity, probably Whoopi Goldberg, because they were just probably (laughs) wrapping up Sister Act 2. And he's like, I need this black woman to come over here. Come over here, Whoopi. The white people like you, they'll listen to you. And he'd probably have her apologize. Like, no, it was a stupid thing. It shouldn't have got made in the first place. The movie shouldn't have got made. Our story shouldn't have been stolen for us. And God forbid, if I hear one more person say that these are African stories, Song of the South is like, I don't know. Song of the South and saying that this is pure African history is like saying a fish fillet is the top shelf like it's top shelf caviar like no it's the dirtiest bastardization of anything of any buy black product like no it's not you're literally saying that this be- like that these beautiful african stories these well thought out african stories that just have so much depth to them is is on par with this bastardization of this white guy who's just stumbling around stealing credit and telling our stories in the worst way possible. No, it's literally the it's literally just a his a black story version of a fish for freaking lay. It's just the most ground up disgusting you don't even know what it is. It tastes like fish but it is it, not like it, it, it sounds black in the worst ways possible, but it still isn't like it's it's disgusting. And that's why I love what they're doing with Tiana. Tiana is what exactly what Song of the South should have been if they wanted to go through it. If they really wanted the Southern black story. Just just fund it, just fund it, step back and let black people do their work. And this should go this should go across the board for any project. This should set the tone. You get Sharita Carter. You got a black woman helming it. It's a woman. It's a it's a story about a black woman. You get a black woman helming it. You have these black artists coming in. You have this, that and the third. We talk. You listen. That is it. You are a vessel to help tell this story. You do not really get a lot of input on the story because this is not going to reflect you. At the end of the day, this isn't something that's going to stick with you. Song of the South was stories that were stolen from us. And it has been completely bastardized to the point where we can't even use it anymore. It's like the word woke. 
Y'all just steal our crap and just run it into the ground to the point where it's either not cool or not fun anymore, or we can't even use it because now it's demonized. And it's demonized by the same, like it's, it's demonized and it's broken and it's sad. And it's probably going to take forever, forever for us to be able to have these stories again, to be able to interpret it in our own ways. There has been a black version of Song of the South that has dropped, that has Nick Cannon and an all black cast. I think that's fairly good. There's only one good white version out there, and that's Coonskin, and that actually does a good job of tell, telling the story, but also making it modern for a 1970s audience. All in all, Splash Mountain shouldn't have happened. And I'm sure you white people are tired of hearing this black man rain and rave because you know it's over, it's closed, it's that and third, but hey, it's Black History Month. I'm going to get on my soapbox, and you're going to shut the <laughs> hell up. I'm not coddling y'all this month, okay? I'm not coddling y'all. I'm not calling coddling the say splash people. I'm not. It's Black History Month. This is our month. All the other times of the year, fine. But hey, it's our month. I'm gonna keep it real with y'all. Song of the South shouldn't have been made. Splash Mountain shouldn't have been made. And Tony Baxter is hey, he don't got an answer to me. But there's there's some hey hey. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, there's a reason why your attraction didn't end up being here forever, you dumb idiot. So, yeah, no, that's it. I'm sorry about Figment, though. I think that was foul how they did Figment. And, and I think that was foul how they did Figment and how, you know, Paris Disneyland's uh, Tomorrowland is, is messed up. I, I, I do feel bad about that. But you know what? Maybe that's karma for you making a stupid, ignorant behind ride. You built a whole entire Imagination Pavilion, but you couldn't figure out another story a Disney story that is full of stories with singing animals in a place called Critter Country. You couldn't have figured out another place to put a bunch of singing animals and you're the same man who dared to say that he made the Imagination Pavilion. You want to go with the racist story that they don't even distribute to 75% of the country? You stupid idiot. How? How, Sway? Tell me. Like, I don't... uh I can get on Tony Baxter all day. Y'all, like, Bambi wasn't right there. Like, Bambi wasn't right for Critter Country. A place called Critter Country couldn't have put Bambi there with all these singing. Man, I'm done. I'm done. I could talk about how how dumb Tony Baxter is. Oh, my God. Done. Done. Jesus Christ. Imagination Pavilion, man. Imagine a better, imagine a better ride that's not racist. Jesus Christ. But, yeah, that's the end of uh, Black Nerd Rants. Yeah, there's just there's just two things I wanted to throw in there, um, real fast before we moved on. Um, one of the uh, uh, one of the two other major complaints um, is uh, one the portrayal of a like good relationship between slave owners and um, oh my slaves. god, I didn't even get to that. Yeah, and the other the other big criticism, especially. Um, with the movie, but you can even hear it throughout the ride, is the use of eye dialect. Um, if you have more time, is there anybody that made a really good documentary or something on YouTube that we that we could recommend for people to go look into more of this? Surprisingly, there are tons of black creators who have talked about this up and down the block. Some of them I do not rock with, but... Some of them, uh, they still have good points. Um, now, I'm not going to refer y'all to him. He's he's a little wild. Um, 
I'm gonna just refer you to my good friend um, Dream Founds Marmar Marlene over at Dream Sounds on YouTube. She has a whole entire video about how and why Song of the South is racist. Now it is from a white woman, but it is from a white trans woman, but at the same time, it is endorsed by me, a black person. So um, I, 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 I think that's enough to deputize that, that video. I think she did a good job with it. Heck, it's the whole reason why I wanted to bring her on to my podcast to talk about it. It's one of those things where, heck, funny enough, funny enough, believe it or not, there was a black woman on the team for Splash Mountain. And she did not get to lead it. And she was a pretty good woman in her own right. Her name's Terry Harden. She should have been, and, and she's a she's a, she's just a complete badass, uh, imagineer, puppeteer for Jim Henson. She sculpted the dragon that is up under Paris Disneyland. She worked on that with Tony Baxter. If anybody should have been helming that project, it should have been Miss Terry Harden. I, I I think that she probably would have done a lot more reverence than. Tony Baxter would have, but yeah, no, um, and yeah, one hundred percent. The slave, the slave thing is really there. I mean, I look at Brer Fox and Brer Brer, especially Brer Fox. He looks very much. If you ever seen the movie Roots, he definitely does look like a slave catcher. And slave catchers always had the rope with them. Like that was when slaves would run away. That's exactly who they would bring them back to. And I mean, you have the guy with the tar baby. Thank God. I'm surprised that that mm-hmm. I'm surprised given how much is not left in. There's, there's a lot wrong with it, but it's funny to be like, oh, it could have been worse. <laughs> it, it, it's so funny where it's like, it really could have been worse. We're having the Uncle Remus animatronic that would have looked so out of place. And I can imagine the big, stupid, like minstrel grin they would have given this man with the rosy cheeks and like the huge shiny white teeth. Like I know it would have been terrible. Oh my God. I can't believe Tony Baxter thought this was a good idea. Oh my God. This man is, I got to call Dr. Umar. I got to get Dr. Umar on this. I got to get Dr. Umar Johnson on this. If you don't know who Dr. Umar is, look him up. He is, he is, he is the best and worst of us. If, if, that's the best way I can put it. I, I, I've talked about this ad nauseum. Uh, you can listen to my episodes as well, Disney and Diversity, on my show, a podcast for all things mostly Disney at Fat BMD. But yeah, other than that, if it feels like it's wrong, if you feel like you have to go to the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, or anything like that to be like, is this racist? Odds are you probably should not touch it. Like, just don't touch it. Do not touch it. Like, as white people, and I don't even say this as white people, I mean, it's to anybody who wants to tell a story about another race and you feel like it's going to be, and like the direction you're going in is skewed. And the answer immediately isn't to be like, oh, the black person should be the person helming this team. Or the Asian person should be helming this at team. Probably do not touch it. Do not touch it if you're not willing to collab and bring somebody on of the culture. Because if you are not of the culture, you don't get to speak of culture. Period. That's it. Like, that's just how I feel about it. But yeah. No. Yeah. It was a stupid decision. It was 
one of, if you not, said- like I've I've seen people rant about about goddamn like soda like it's what's that it's that chake peck quote it's like you could move a you could move a snack can and a snack cart and people get upset but like this is something actually like yes we get upset over the snack carts and stuff that's what theme park i say we i'm removing myself from that but um same (laughs) i've seen some of y'all out there some of y'all are crazy um, but this is something that's completely different and on its own level. And I'm going to speak, um, just about, look, I, I understand that some of y'all have nostalgia for this ride. I get it. I grew up with this ride as well. I think we, like, we all grew up with this ride. Um, yeah. and I'm going to say from a white person's perspective, I still want it gone. Like, I want Tiana. Like, I don't... It doesn't make sense. Like, you could have... It's going to be the same... Like, they're not moving... They're not demolishing it. It's going to be the same ride. Just, you know, without the racism. And if you're upset about the racism getting removed, maybe you should ask yourself why. I I also got to say, there's people who say, well, when is it going to be enough? Or when is it going to be... When is it going to be enough? And also, am I racist for liking this ride? No, you're, you're not. Like you grew no. up with it. There are tons of problematic things that we have seen and come and gone in our, that we, there's a whole, I grew up, watch, I was a Nickelodeon kid. I grew up watching all of that. I grew up watching Zoe 101. I grew up watching Drake and Josh, iCarly, Victorious, all those. And I later found out that the main guy who made all of those, who helped build Nickelodeon, one of my favorite channels, my favorite childhood channel, was a pedophile and halfway abusing half of his stars in the worst way possible. I later found out that tons of messed up things were happening over the Nickelodeon studios over at Universal Studios Florida. I found out a bunch of things. Some of them weren't even covered by labor laws. Because of how lax Florida was when it came to shooting. That's when they came down here. Not just for the tax incentives, but Nickelodeon also came down here because their child stars didn't actually have that many rights compared to other stars. And to figure that out, that's terrible. Finding out that the creator of Ren and Stimpy is a groomer is absolutely terrible. Finding out about all these terrible things. This is going to be kids who are going to grow up. I got niece and nephews who are going to grow up and find out that the creator of the Loud House was an abusive prick. There are people right now who love Rick and Morty who, although they shouldn't be exactly surprised, but they find out that Rick, like that Justin Roiland is an abusive dick. Like it's some of the things that we just grow up with, and as we get older, and as we become more sentient, as we get more aware, we realize that these things are wrong. And sometimes people want to run from it. And some people feel like if you attack these things, you're attacking them. And it's no, you're not. And I think that's a mentality that everybody has with nearly any and everything. There are people who ride for their favorite franchises. People who. If they said something wrong about, if somebody said something terrible about Oswald, I will, I will get my Glock. I will pull up, bro. But, <laughs> and it's like, they're just talking about a cartoon rabbit, dude. Why are you getting so mad? You know, you still love him. Like, 
but that's my boy. That's, that's, and you see yourself in this and that this is so much of it. I, I get that. I really, really get it. But at the same time, you can't be selfish and just say that it's okay because they got rid of this, this, that, and third. I know some of y'all think that it is getting outrageous. And a part of me, I, I think you'll be surprised at how most black people feel. I and mean, this isn't even coming from, you know, the self-righteous. I, I, I see it on the other side, too, where it's just self-righteous white people who just like to be right and like to gas them up. And don't even. And at some point, it feels as a black man where you got two sides of white people using you for whatever they want to do. I see people on both sides just completely, just completely using us as just for clout to be right. Not because they actually care about the issues, but just to be right and to get that little bit of dopamine spike that we all love of getting, like that we all love getting when we're right about something. And it gets to the, but at some point you got to realize that this is something that actually deeply affects people in an entire community. And these parks, better yet, y'all love to, you know, deride Walt so much. Y'all love jocking them. This man stand up and said, this is for everybody. And this is about hard truths in America, that these things are going to change. He said that these are going to change with the times and with the people, where the times are changing and the landscape of what America looks like is changing. These parks aren't just for regular old white people anymore. The people who work on them are diverse. The people who come to these parks are diverse, and they should be able to see this part of themselves there, and nobody should feel like they are being made fun of. Now, not every, every not everything is offensive to everybody, and some people are offended by the most smallest, minute thing, sure, but this is something that it needed to go, and it was time. And, it, and when it opened up, it had a clock on it. It had a yeah. clock on it. I, there's, so, there's, there's two things. There's two thing, two things I want to say. Um, are you done, Jalen? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm used to being cut off. I'm a black man in America. Oh Lord. <laughs> I'm sorry, kiddo. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to. I had to. That's one of my favorite pastimes. But yes, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Um, no, no, totally. Okay. Um, as far as, as far as this ride goes for, and, and looking at anything, um, that comes from the, a time before today, which I don't, this is not that in the past, but let's, let's, um, it's removing the art from the artist. And I think, um, it's that it's that same debate, and you were talking about the stuff at Nickelodeon. It's that same concept, and for me, there's a line, and whether or not it crosses that line is whether or not it should stay, and I think this crosses that line. Um, and the other, the other, what was the other thing I wanted to say? Um, oh, Song of the South. Um, I was listening to this was a. Back, like, probably about a month ago when it was closing, I was listening to your podcast, um, the E-Ticket Report, and I was just screaming at my phone. I had to turn it off. Um, sorry, I'm not familiar with the names, but I don't know who it was. Um, was talking about how Disney would never, 
like apologize for Song of the South. Oh, Wakefield. Yeah. And I'm just this is what I'm gonna say about this about Song of the and the apology. Disney prides itself in being more than just a company. Hell, you can you're gonna be able to live in Disney. That's like the dream living whatever bull crap that they're trying to sell. That's their whole thing. They're more than just a company. And if that's how they're gonna brand themselves, we should expect more from them than just whatever makes them the most money. If that's how they're going to market themselves and pitch themselves, they don't get to do the shady business stuff. I get it. You have to make money and you have to appease your shareholders and you have to whatever. But that doesn't make it that you shouldn't apologize for this film. And I I don't care. I honestly, I don't care that it would create more. Like it's just do it. You pride yourself in being – like a fan, like the company is the family. Like it is everything, and then you get to go do whatever's best for business. No, you have to do what's right because that's how you brand yourself. You, I, well, there's two things. To your first one, with the whole removing the artist from the art, from removing the art from the artist. Uh, Joe Chenyold Harris did that quite literally. He took the art away from the black people and he mm-hmm. made it his own. And it's so far removed from us that it's damn near unrecognizable. So I, I don't think you can remove the art from the artist a second time, especially after you found out that these things are stolen. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think at some point you need to, and this is my major problem with it is that a lot of people are okay with this because it entertains them. They don't care about any of the other stuff. They just care about the fact that it entertains them because in the day, this is a ride. This is built for entertainment. This isn't like a racist statue that's to commemorate something or anything like that. This is for entertainment. And people don't, and mainly white people, white people don't like to be told what to do, but they also do not like to be told that their entertainment is bad because then they're like, oh, this is bad. So me enjoying it, I'm bad for enjoying it as well. And you're also trying to take away something that's bad for me. It's almost like taking away candy from a kid who shouldn't, who's like, who shouldn't be having it, who really shouldn't be having it. So I think that's that's number one. And then second, to the point, this is actually a great way to illustrate. Uh, Whitefield's a black man. He's he's a uh, half black, half I I don't know white. I, I just know he's half black. I just know he's half half of me. Mm-hmm. So like this also highlights that black people aren't a monolith. And I understood where Wakefield was coming from. I don't think Wakefield believes it in the sense mm-hmm. that Disney shouldn't apologize. He was more so explaining why they wouldn't apologize. Yeah. And I think he's correct. I think he's right in that. And I know really- I know he's correct, but it just I I'm one of those people I, No, that, I get it. That that's just I get like, it. If you if you want to brand your like if you want to brand yourself as like the which I don't believe anybody should have this type of a relationship with a company, but if that's how you want to brand yourself, then you don't get to hop around these other things. So it just it it just that ticked me off. That, I, that's, no, that's, more, that's more that's more my relate that's more my relationship with how Disney brands itself. Than actually like this issue, um, but it was one of those things that it was just like, I hate how Disney does that. 
it's 100 it's it's 100 something it's like we're very 100 percent me and myself of if corporations are going to be considered people then they need to be acting like people i don't care if if you did something foul you need to apologize for it regardless y'all let this run for 30 years y'all made y'all money off of it and now you guys and you were 100 percent okay with making your money off of it for how long how like 80 years song of the south dropped in the 40s 80 years now damn near 100 years damn near a century of you guys using these characters letting this runners park trade doing it three times over even sending it over to japan which has me which Part of me is okay with, but another part of me is also like a lot of the reasons why black people have trouble going overseas is because of how the white media portrays us, especially in Asia. I've been in Japan. The Japanese treated me fairly nice. More or less, treated me fairly nice. I don't know about taking my behind over to China. I don't know about taking myself over to Korea. I've heard stories of friends going over to Korea. And heck, there was one one time where they went over to Korea and they're on the subway. Korean lady passed out in pure fear because she saw a black man. Just pure fear. Real thing that happened. Friend told me. Real thing that happened. It's one of these things where it's... And it's all because of stuff like this. A lot of this stuff, when especially over in Japan, when Disney, when the war ended, they, they Americanized the crap out of Japan, sending over our stuff and our media for them to watch, including Disney films. Song of the South was one of them. And so for me, it, it, it's Disney has done irreputable damage, and this was a and it's not the first time. That people have acknowledged this. This has been there's been several skits, there's been several jokes, there's been this has been the worst kept secret of, of Disney's. And every year, and I saw this, I saw this every year when some another Black Lives Matter happened, Black Lives Matter happened. It's always during the summertime because it just does. And every every time, every time it would get more emphatic and people were starting to dig into histories of companies and the places and Disney every time Song of the South would get brought up. And after this last time where it got really bad and they introduced his fifth key, they're like, nah, we got to get rid of that. And it wasn't even just that. There were a few other little signs here and there going and, and leaving. It's it, it, yeah. it just, they, they made this bed so they should lie in it. I don't care if it doesn't suit them or if it's going to mess things up. Hell, you weren't worried about this in the past. Heck, half the creative team who did, I'm pretty sure 90%, maybe even 99% of the creative team are gone. Nobody's asking for Tony Baxter's head. I wouldn't say his head, but just his explanation of where he was. Nobody's going up to Michael Eisner. And talking about what? Why'd you make this racist ass ride? Because your dumbass kid pointed to it. Like, although let me not say that. His kid gave us Alien Encounter and a few other cool things. I'm not. Shout out to uh, little Mikey Jr. But like, <laughs> it, it's just it, it, it's it's something that 
I don't care if it doesn't suit your bottom line. I don't care if it makes you have to do more PR damage. I don't care about anything. You didn't care about taking these stolen stories from my people and making these built these million dollar attractions and putting them in your theme parks all over the world and making them a staple in your theme park. So why the hell should I care about the firestorm that you have to take? You made your bed of rusty ass nails. Now roll in it. Mm-hmm. Nobody has sympathy for the billion dollar company who made a dumbass decision. Get the hell out of here. Ugh. Now let's roll into the episode because I'm sure the people, this has been 40 minutes of making white people yeah. feel bad. And even though I'm cool with that because it's Black History Month, I think we still have a show to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, hopefully it'll be cut down a little bit more with gaps and stuff. I'm not going to cut out anything um, major that you said. Um, but hopefully we'll be a little bit more succinct. So with all of that said, I would like to look at this attraction as an attraction. Yeah, let's look at it technically. We just spent, we, we spent 40 minutes and we're going to talk about it again later and throughout the track attraction, but I would like to give it the the little bit that it earns to be judged as an attraction. Yeah, no, it's it's I think this is what another reason why it breaks my heart the most is because it's not just like a low rent attraction. They told this bastardized story in the most flamboyantly amazing way of all time. Like it's such a well done attraction with such a terrible thing. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, eh, if you're going to make it, if you're going to base it on something terrible, let's at least make it, like, irrefutably fun. Like, Mm -hmm. it's so fun, you forget about the racism. Like, that's that's, that's (laughs) Song of the South motto. It's so fun, you forget about the racism. It's like, man, I was so busy laughing, I I didn't worry about color. Like, that's the same thing with this, but in a way worse way. I was so busy having fun, I didn't notice the racism. So yes, no. Let, let's go do this. Um, let, let's start with um, a little this bit. Is of, our, are we doing this the whole first... history? Um, well, we already yeah. went through the history of it. We went that. through. We went through. Opened. Um, we're going to talk about the Disney World attraction because that's the one that um, I've been on. Jalen, have you been out to Tokyo or in? I've in, done uh, every Disneyland. I've done every one besides Disneyland. Surprisingly, I just haven't. When I went to Disneyland, I just never bothered doing it because when everybody tells me it was the worst version, and every time I went mm-hmm. to Disneyland, I always go around March, which can be hit or miss cold. So I, I haven't. Now, Tokyo's now look, despite everything I done said, despite everything I done said, Tokyo's is fire, dog. Like, Tokyo's Q is amazing. Like, everything is, <laughs> man. Tokyo ain't, when I tell you when Tokyo gets something, Tokyo gets something. They be flexing on us. They just be, oh my God, like the queue line, like when you go into the queue, it's like in an underground cavern of the briar patch. So you see all the briar patch sticking out and everything, like you're in the bun, like you're in the Briar Rabbit's like bunny burrow and everything. Like, oh, when the Japanese blossom trees hit it just right. Oh my God. You ever seen the pictures of it when it's in the snow? Oh, no. like, oh my God! Like, no, it's 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 it, it pains me to say it, but like, 
that's one of the things that when I go to Tokyo, I don't like doing the pirates over there because they still have the scenes with like the sexual assault scenes. And they also have the like the woman getting chased and just knowing the end game of what the pirates are trying to do really turns me off from that. And they also have a few of like of uh, the I would want to say I would really want to say um, Haunted Mansion, like a lot of the old school Haunted Mansion stuff, not like racist or anything, but old school Haunted Mansion, not a lot of like digital faces or anything. It still kept the same. I love to do Haunted Mansion over there and I really like to do I really like to do their minstrel mountain. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's <laughs> and it's and it's in it's in Japanese like country accent. So I don't even get the same like one, I don't understand half the words that they're saying. And two, it's not in a Picaninny way. It's more of like um it's not Kansai. What is Johto based off of? It's the Johto reason region is considered oh. the country part of it. I forgot the name of it. Kansai is where Hoenn's based off of, and that's this. That's more southern on the island side of Japan, like the little islands. So yeah, no, it's it's more. It, yeah, Jodo's I, I'm okay. based on Kansai. Okay, okay, it's Kansai. No, I'm thinking of no, no. Hokkaido is. I think that's Sinnoh. I'm mixing them up. I'm sorry. I'm not a. I'm, I'm not your. I'm not your resident Japanese speaking person. I'm just a guy who likes anime and love going to Tokyo Disneyland. That's it. <laughs> and Pokemon. Uh, I would love the opportunity to go over to Tokyo and do Tokyo Disney Sea and Tokyo Disneyland. And um, it's just... worth it. Worth we'll see. Country. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what my college budget looks like. I'm gonna say no. But we'll get out there eventually. Hopefully, hopefully the Oriental Land Company keeps it up, keeps everything looking how it looks now. Hey, hell, I'll get out there by the time they're redone with Space Mountain. You, hey, you ain't never lied. You probably will. 2027, four years. Hey, four years. That could be your graduation trip. Yeah. Um. So we're going to talk about Walt Disney World. Um, the queue, it's nothing crazy. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to be a little bit more abrupt here. You mean that cracker barrel I ask you? <laughs> I'm surprised nobody has ever made that correlation. But I walk in there and I immediately feel like I'm supposed to have some biscuits and all the fixings. Like, good God. <laughs> like, it looks like some... It, oh, my God. It looks like a Cracker Barrel. It re- Why... See, now, if, if Splash Mountain was sponsored by Cracker Barrel and there was a Cracker Barrel next to it, I might oh, not complain. Oh, I Lord. might not... Oh Lord! I not complain. You think I'm? You think I'm BSing? I that's might like not complain. Ul- that's ultimate. Ra- that's like the ultimate of like old South racism, right there. Song of the South and Cracker Barrel. Like, look, I've done my <laughs> I've, I've done my history on Cracker Barrel, and I'm going to tell you right now. There's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of us who likes Cracker Barrel. That's my grandmother's favorite restaurant. She has a she has a love hate relationship with that. They have a. My my grandmother has a very toxic relationship with Cracker Barrel. 
It's the, it's the only it's restaurant like, named after white people. No, it is not. Cracker Barrel is named after a barrel full of crackers, quite literally. Back in the old Southern days, thing they would just salt a bunch of stuff and keep it inside barrels, so like jerky. So it's literally based on a literal Cracker Barrel. They actually used to sell Cracker Barrels. I remember back as a kid, I used to sell tens of them inside of like the little store part. So yeah, no, it's not named after white people. Although um, it's just a stunning coincidence that is also based off of southern shit, southern stuff. So yeah, no, it's it's based on an actual literal cracker barrel. But when you do go there, you do see a bunch of white people <laughs> in there. So I mean, it is a, a cracker barrel. I'm not. I'm just saying. I'm not the only. Pe- I'm not the only person who picked up on this. Oh, also, fun fact. I know this has nothing to do with anything, but nearly every Cracker Barrel in Florida has an an old school Orange Bird sign on it, on the outside of it. The one, all the ones in Orlando do, the one down here in Tampa does, the one in Gainesville does, just several of the ones around Florida have an Orange Bird, uh, Florida orange sign on it. It, it, You'll find it. It's really easy to spot on the outside. But yes, continue. I'm sorry. So, um, our past, there's, there's like a couple like rooms themed to like the old South. We go past the marquee up like a flight of stairs. And I honestly, I can't unsee it as salt mines. I can't unsee it as salt mines. That's just what it looks like now. When you're walking through the queue, it just looked like salt mines. I always thought that was supposed to be like a bunny bureau, but it also doesn't make sense. Like, mm-hmm. it, it makes no it, sense. It, because it does seem, because we we see the, the we see Brad Frog's like den where he's just kind of sitting and talking to, I'm guessing who's supposed to be Johnny and the other one like redneck girl from the movie. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we just get to see Uncle Phil, you know, drop some frog knowledge on us, and yeah, we keep moving. Yeah. So there's there's the the house Brer Frog talking about Brer Rabbit. I swear to God, the amount of times I wrote Brer on here, I was not. I was <laughs> just about ready to call oh. them Fox and Rabbit, but. Also, it's, it, just it's a quick. game y'all can play at home. I'm not going to say what kind of game, but every time we say Brer, y'all can do something. Briar. I think it's supposed to be Briar, but they, but they say Brer because, you know, black people can't talk right. Which, mm-hmm. you know what? I, my diction's not right half the time, so there might be some truth to that. <laughs> Oh no! One thing that I love the little doily signs that they have hung up with, like these old black grandmother saying, "Like you can't run from trouble. There ain't no place too. <laughs> there ain't no place too far." I was like, "Thank you, grandmama. Thank you, grandma." Like, whose black grandmother did y'all steal this crap from? It's also some <laughs> old black men saying this too. Black men love saying stuff to the old black men love just dropping knowledge on you. They love one comedian I love. I forgot his name. His last name is Greg. And he pulls up. Every old black person come up to you one day. Old black man comes to get this young fella. At the end of the day, the day going in. Like, and they act like they just dropped the biggest like bombshell on you. And in the moment, you're like, oh my God, he's right. Like, that's what those sayings are. Like, that's what those sayings are. It's for stuff for white people. Just, I don't know what you guys like about us and being like, you're like, your supporting characters in your life. I have no idea what, why you guys like that, and you just expect us to be able to drop knowledge on, on you, and just help <laughs> you through your rough times. Like, I blame, I blame no, movies I, like this. I swear. 
but yeah, let's keep going. I'm sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best to keep going. I'm sorry. Um, no, I think that was a good point that you just made about. Um, I forget that there's this there's this magical Negro syndrome. No, there's there's a lady there's a lady on TikTok. I forget I forget the show. Um, oh, I can't remember, but she does. Um, it, oh my god, I can't think of it. It's this can bother me the rest of the time. I have to look it up at some point. But um, she talks about that trope of the white of the black characters always being there for the white characters um, as and, like support. And what makes the most what 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 breaks my heart the most is that y'all mother hubbards don't listen. Y'all do exactly what we do not <laughs> tell y'all to do, and you do not listen. And we be, there was a good there's a good movie that actually has Chris Evans in it called Not in the Team Movie, and they have a it's a parody movie, and they have a black character, and the black character the entire time is dropping like maybe we shouldn't do this, maybe we shouldn't do that, and there's one point in the movie where like Chris Evans' character finally listens and he's like, man. You make a lot of sense half the time, and we just don't listen to you. It's like, man, I've been telling you that for the past four years. Like, yeah, no, y'all don't be listening to us. Like, that's all. That's what. If you guys want to watch Song of the South, that's all that movie is. It's about a little white boy who just is spoiled and who never listens to anything Uncle Remus says until the last minute when it's it, when it's bad for him. Like, it, it's a honestly a terrible movie, and the animation bitch is the only good part of it. Like, oh my god, but yeah, let's keep going. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, I'm doing my best. That's all right. We got, we got, we got something. So we enter. So the load station. It looks. It looks like a western facade. I don't know if you have seen it recently. It looks like a western. Like it don't look very like, western. It's very western. It, it's trying. They tried, like I, I definitely see it with like the it fits with the architecture of what's going on with the train station, which is also shared by this rise facade. So it's it's one of those things where it I, I under I understand it because they're trying to make it fit, even though, and this is also to the idiots out there, this place place in the south, like this takes place in the south. Not in like the Wild West, so it's it's not like they even tried. Heck, if anything, I would think that I'm surprised they just didn't give us. Well, no, they couldn't give us our own little offshoot of Critter Country because it's smack dab in between the rest of Frontierland and Big Thunder Mountain. So, yeah, no, I, I only other place I could see it going is maybe Fantasyland. That's about it. As like its own little subland, I have no idea where you would put it, but yeah, no, it has a western look to it for God knows what reason. Mm-hmm. So, while so we get on the ride vehicle, um, go out of the load station into a little lift till Brer Frog talks about um, talks about Brer Rabbit. Um, small little drop into the water. We and then you go around the big splash. Um, the icon, the iconic drop, um, then up another lift hill, we, then we go past the homes of, like, the main characters, and then after that we drop in, we see, um, Br'er Bear, and then we drop into the cave. Um, I think it's establishing, it's really, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but this ride's 11 minutes long in Magic Kingdom. Um, yeah. But I honestly don't like. 
I think it, it these establishing scenes, especially because there's like little ups and drops here here and there. Um, it definitely does a good job establishing, especially without like a pre-show or anything like that. And just there's there's some cute little animatronics. So I think it does what it needs to do. It, it does a good job of taking you like you, you just drop into the world. And I really like that. I think back when it was still in its heyday, I did do it. I think about two weeks before it closed because I was not going to be there closing day. And I did it like three times and uh, they like, just like with great movie ride, it literally marched to its death were just like falling Mm -hmm. apart or limp to its death. Like it was falling apart. So a lot of the stuff looked ashy and it didn't look as vibrant, but just remembering as like a kid and some of the times I did before, it's a very colorful world. Like it's it's hard not to like. It's just hard not to get swept up into the feeling of of it. I can like it immediately, unless you're looking for it, or if you're like me who just has like a, a keen eye and had you grew up with black parents who taught you about what menstrual stuff is. Your ear kind of pokes out a little bit, but if you're not somebody who like knows that stuff it kind of just goes straight over your head. So I can definitely see how, and it just comes off as this really cute folksy thing. One thing that I like is that they, they try to, they try to get as much of the human characters as possible in this, but just give them like rabbits, like the two little bunny rabbits that we see talking, the kids, I know one is basically supposed to be Johnny and the other one is supposed to be that little redneck girl who he ends up becoming friends with. They don't have the little black boy in there. Maybe the little black boy is supposed to be Bear Rabbit. I'm going to say it's supposed to be Bear Rabbit because we all know this is just an allegory for a slave. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, 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 we, we meet Bear Rabbit and we see, you know, the slave catchers trying to get Bear Rabbit and Bear Rabbit's like, oh, I'm leaving this place because this place sucks. And all of the other people are like, he shouldn't leave. You shouldn't leave. You shouldn't leave. You shouldn't leave. Something better happen to you if you try to leave. Like, yeah. And Bray Rabbit is like, nah, see ya, folks. I'm finna get out of here. Da-da-da. And that's and the only impressive thing that we do see in this scene is, you know, with the hopping, with the hopping Bear Rabbit, with the exposed, you know, arm. Oh, my God. But yeah, we, we see him and I, I I think we swerve around the corner. We do see him getting chased off into the sunset, which was not working when I was there. It wasn't mm-hmm. looping. I don't know the last day, which I don't know why it wouldn't. Then where do we go from there? Oh, Br'er Rabbit gets caught. No, no, Br'er, no Br'er, Br'er ends up getting caught, right? Mm-hmm. He's being yeah. like hung up. And we get we get the first case of bear ass. Yep. There's so much bear ass in this in this ride. It's it, there's a good joke there, but I cannot make it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> oh lord. Anyway, um, yeah. One thing I do like here is I think it's right here when right before you get to the drop, you get to see like Br'er Rabbit loom over you. He, like he looms over you, you're dropping you, and he sees like he's he's watching it all happen and how like and he's laughing at I think because the um the the bee's nest ends up falling on him mm-hmm. or maybe I'm yeah. missing that I'm Bray Fox assume... yeah I'm Bray Fox that's I think that's the next scene okay 
because we do get to see like we turn a corner after he hops away and right before we go down the next drop into the laughing place you get to see like bear bear rabbit he looms over you and you can see him laughing and then right before you dip down he disappears which i like that i really do like that having the animatronic just up there Mhm. Yeah. So, um, Bear Fox and Bear Bear are trying to um, sneak into a hole, like sneak into a hole once again. Bear ass on display. Um, fall into the laughing place. And what do we see again? But some more bear ass. I swear yep. to God, I don't know who designed this. Tony Baxter had something for bare ass because it's everywhere. This is right when we zoom past, you know, Bear. Just the same scene where we end up seeing the bees, and then I think we we go to the laughing place. And laughing place is one of my favorite, you know, scenes. I like how busy it looks with you know the the turtles bouncing up and down and everything like that, and I would enjoy it more if if you when you watch the movie. The movie kind of essentially, you, the movie, when they get to the laughing place scene, it's not colorful like this. It's more so Uncle Remus telling little white boy Johnny how you need to think of something happy when you're going through something terrible. And I wonder why Uncle Remus is telling him that. I wonder what experience Uncle Remus went through that he had to mentally put himself into a happy place to lock himself down just so he can be able to get through a terrible time. I wonder. I don't know. So when I realized that this is literally, like, so much of this has been bastardized, like, it's just taken away. Oh, my God. Like, this song is meant to highlight a slave mentally fixing themselves so they can keep going physically and mentally and spiritually before they have a mental breakdown and something happens like it's oh my god it's the heart of slavery right there it's 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 a lot it's it's a lot so learning about that scene later that was one of my most heartbreaking realizations it Right here, where we end up saying, you know, Br'er Rabbit get caught into a sticky situation. Thank God it's not a tar baby this time. Which I will say, in the movie, the whole reason why he gets caught into the tar baby is different. It's not them sneaking up on him, it's because the tar baby doesn't say hi back to him. <laughs> He's like, Why do you think, oh, you think you're too good? So he smacks it, and he ends up getting sucked into the tar baby. It's actually a fairly dumb scene because it's supposed to be highlighting like how nice cylinders are. And if you do not say nice back to them, it's like, oh, my God, you just basically cussed out the mother. No, we would just say like, oh, bless his heart in a very condescending way and keep moving. I don't think we would go upside somebody's head or at the very least give him a stank look. So, yeah, he gets stuck in it. And I think we're going up a lift here. Hill, and this is a line I'm probably never going to forget. Time to be turning around. If only you could. Like, I I had a friend who could mimic that perfectly in middle school. <laughs> I rode that ride with him. And, oh, my God. I, I love, like, he. we quoted that a lot. We, we, we quoted that a lot. We quoted it a lot. So, yeah, we're going up the lift hill. We see all the animation. And then... 
Here's the most jigaboo moment for me. Here's the most jigaboo moment for me. It's just like, oh yeah, bear now, bear rabbit. Where are you gonna go now, bear rabbit? Please, please, bear fox, don't throw me in that briar patch. Please, like it is. It's so. It's so menstrually good. God, oh my God. And then you know we bloop. And now we're on the outside for a bit. We do the loop. And you want to take from here because I've been explaining a bit too much. Yeah, I totally just blipped out of the past four four minutes for you talking. So that, that, I, that, I don't fair. know what's wrong with the connection, but uh, I can't wait to go back and listen. <laughs> Good God! <laughs> only, 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 you know, only top shelf stuff here, folks. <laughs> top shelf stuff. The biggest jigaboo moment is at the drop. It's all the other characters are pretty okay. It's just Brer Fox is really jigabooing it up. It's really minstrelling it up. Oh, there now, Bear Rabbit. I got you now, Bear Rabbit. Oh, Lord, I got you now, Bear Rabbit. What you gonna do now, Bear Rabbit? Like, oh, oh my God. Like, good Lord. Like, I, uh, like, y'all thought that was okay? <laughs> Somebody in the sound booth said that that was okay. Oh my God. But yeah, no, we we drop down. Now we're outside because, for a bit because allegories don't exist. Because metaphors don't. Because <sighs> Zootopia is just about animals. It's it's nothing <sighs> more like they totally missed the mark. Totally missed every metaphor. Every like, go back to tenth grade English, please. Eleventh grade English. Hey, you'll be surprised. A lot of places skip this sort of stuff. A lot of places, my history is not taught as a regular history. My history is an elective. And apparently in my state now, it might not even be an elective. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, this is why you guys got to have black friends. Or at least tap into uh, black media. Mm-hmm. Please, please, just, just, just do some basic homework. We have computers in our pockets. There's no excuse now. Anyway. Um, we drop in, we go outside for a bit, and then they put us next to that one. At, and every every water ride has this, except for Ripsaw for some reason. They have it where you just are up against a rock of water that it that like a, a rock that's just pouring down water that's just meant to splash mm-hmm. you at the end. It's like a little bit, yeah. like it's not a lot. Well, but it, well, they have it. They replaced it in Ripsaw. They have the the people could pay, so now you might get wet. Okay. So instead of having right. the instead of having the waterfall there, because that's that's where it would be. Probably one hundred percent. I don't I don't remember seeing it back in the old days, but Popeye has it in a few places. Mm-hmm. But you kind of just go by so fast that you don't really get to hit it. Yeah, but Popeye and, Popeye ones are free. That's a mm-hmm. universal life hack right there. If you want to go? Well, actually, it's closed right now. But when it reopens, when the ship me all yep. Go don't don't pay for the squirters over there. You got to do some physical labor. You got to get in there and crank it, but it's worth it. They don't like to tell you about it, but I definitely know that they. I know that they, you know, put the water pressure low on those things to make. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, to oh, make people pay for the real ones. Because mm-hmm. it's 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 like it's 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 like you know when you went to you know when you go to class and you and you want to get out of doing work, so you go use the bathroom. And only like, and you know, only a little bit's going to come out, but you're just going to the bathroom to kill time. That's the level of PSI. 
But anyway, <laughs> we, the Misha back. great place, great place to go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to Toon Lagoon soon. We'll get to Toon Lagoon soon. First, we got to finish this up because now, Bear Rabbit, you know, we come back in and the whole plantation is celebrating. <laughs> That Brer Rabbit has returned back to how? his rightful slave cat. How did he? How did he escape? By being thrown into the briar patch. But he knows the briar patch like, like back and backwards and forwards. So mm-hmm. I guess he just is like, I, I made it. I, I know this place. Like he, I think he knows that. And maybe it's also because he's a rabbit. So rabbits are way smaller than foxes and bears. Mm-hmm. So it would make a lot of sense that because he is a rabbit, that he'd be able to slip in under the brush a lot faster and a lot quicker than, say, bear rabbit or bear fox, which is why we see Briar Bri- Bear. He is completely, you know, stuck at the end of the ride. Mm-hmm. He's too big. So that's how he ends up avoiding it. He slips. And that's exactly why we slip right up under it. Like, we slip right up under the briar patch, just like if we were a bunny or something. Mm-hmm. So that's how I, that's how it always made sense to me. Either way, you know, little homie made it. He's back on his plantation when he's born and bred it, and he's talking to his little, you know, Jaybird, his little uh, Mr. Bluebird. Mr. Bluebird's like, I'm so back. I'm so glad you're back now. Thank you so much for coming back. Master was finna with me. We couldn't find you. I'm so oh, glad Lord. you made it back. Like that, like, uh, my, 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 I made it back. It's where I'm born and bred in. Like, oh, my God. Like, I will say it is a grand finale. And Zippity Doodah is one hell. Like, it's a, it's a catchy song. Mm-hmm. Before I knew how bad it is, heck, every time I would come back home from a major trip, that would be the song that I would play when I would land back into Tampa. Like, that would be the song on my, like, in my earphones. Because it was just... It's a great coming home song. It's a great, like, little, it's a great finale. Like, technically, this is a great attraction. It's just based on a super abhorrent, racist-ass premise. Like, that's that, that's his biggest, his biggest sin is that it's amazing, mm-hmm. and it just broadcasts a terrible, racist-ass IP. Yeah. So, um... I know I didn't talk much, um, but generally how I feel is that exactly how you feel is it's just more like the pinnacle of Disney quality overshadowed by racism that just kicks you in the nuts every step of the way. Yeah, no, 100%. It's... We, uh, we, it, it's one of those things that it's like, I understand why so many people fell in love with this attraction. If this was a mid-attraction, I don't, well, I think every attraction has its fans. Hell, there was somebody who said that Stitch's Great Escape went away. There was somebody who was sad that under, that under new management went away. Like, it, it's, God, and under new management was racist, but we're, it's, Works in the original, like it's not as bad as the original Tiki Room, but it's also <laughs> racist in its own way. But that's a whole other mm-hmm. thing. Um, it, it's one of those things where it's it's just a byproduct of '90s Disney, where it's just completely bonkers and uh, uh, like this high quality attraction. So yeah, no, I really, 
I I hell that's that's song of the south. That's I mean that's Splash Mountain. That's the song of the South Flume Ride, which was the name of the ride up until a very long time, up until the movie Splash dropped. Uh, it's. I'm glad it's. Oh, and Zippity Doo I can't wait. And and I, I I can't I can't wait to see what they do with Tiana. They have the foundation. They have everything that they need. Because it's not like they can they can cheap out on like the track length or like and only build like a ninety second roller coaster. Uh, sorry. Um, four. I, I definitely should. Four. I saw what you said. So for, I'm going to mention what you, I saw your post on Twitter. I was just scrolling through Twitter and I didn't see what was what it was um, talking about. So all I saw, all I read was measuring at the balls and not not where it starts. I was like, huh, Jalen, what are you? Are you not on like your your normal one? Are you on like your private Twitter? Like I was like, what is he talking about? I do not get that live on my private Twitter. My private Twitter is talking about. It's just me talking about ratchet stuff and also me having diarrhea from eating something I probably should know for the 15th billionth time. Nothing spicy happens in my Twitter besides my poops. That's about it. That's the only on the private Twitter. That's the most spicy it is. But yeah, no, trying to. That's another. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to. I, I could. I don't mm-hmm. want to talk about it. I'm a but they about. have. They have all of the foundations. Um. Just hopefully we could see because they seem to really like the Bayou Fog. They seem to really like it. Hopefully we can at least see in the seats because otherwise it's just going to be all these rooms just filled with Bayou Bayou Fog. But other than that, I think they have the foundation. Just make, just don't cheap out. If you if there was ever an attraction that I was like y'all have to go a hundred and ten do whatever everybody thinks of as the Disney difference, the whatever, like, y'all have to do it here. Y'all have to do it here. I think they will. White guilt. White guilt's a hell of a drug. White guilt is a hell of a, it's a hell of a thing. It moves mountains. It, 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 Green lights, multi multi million dollar brides. So yes, I, I I I think we're um I think we're gonna get a good ride. And heck, I mean the story already with Tiana being a black woman who bought an old slave mine with a employee owned cooperative, like not that's the complete opposite of slavery. Not only do the employees own a piece of the company. But it's also run by a black woman. That's mm-hmm. the most power move of all time. Like I know that that's like there's several black people who would love to buy former plantations and make money off of them. And I, I know that's the dream of slaves. The dreams of slaves was always owning something. It was always to have a piece of the pie and to take a place of, that was born out of tragedy and basically remaking it to something that should be what it should have been the whole entire time, which is everybody having a slice of the pie. Love it. Absolutely love what Tiana is doing. Tiana is that girl. And I don't think half the princesses could do it like her. But we won't get into that because the princess 
the princesses, the, the girls will come after me, and I'm I, I'll fight about mine. I'll fight about mine, Becky. Don't come over here talking about airways. <laughs> I'll fight about mine. What Bell did? All Bell had to do was fall in love with a captor. Only one who can hold a candle to me is, is Mulan and Elsa. And even then, Elsa. Yeah. Are you giving Elsa and not Moana? Uh, El- Elsa has. Oh, and Moana too. Moana too. I was going to say, don't skip I'm, out. I forget, I, forget about, I forget about. I forget about. I forget about Moana. I forget about. Mirabelle. Mm. Ah, she's not a princess. Let's stop it. Stop it. Stop it, all of you. They are not princesses. Stop it. If we're going to say that, then there's so many other. We, we can open up the floodgates. Okay? Mm-hmm. We can open up the floodgates, but let's not do that. Anyway, uh, you, let's move on to. So. Um, Mid conversation. So, Not mid conversation, but you know. Yeah. So this week in, in theme park Twitter, you know, we could have gone with something negative, but I figured um we were already such in the dumps after Splash. So let's kick it off. Rogers the musical coming to D- Disney's California Adventure. Um I want to fly to California and just sit and wait outside there and just like, they're never going to take me away. I am so excited. My expectations are 100% through the roof, like beyond the past of the roof. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not familiar with the, with shows that they put on here. I don't know. It's not because I've never been over at California adventure. I don't care. They're making, they're taking my two of my favorite things, Marvel and musicals, and they've already given me a taste that is so. It's like that Ariana DeBose thing, if you know what I'm talking about. That Angela Bassett did the thing, like it's that level of yeah. camp in it, and I could not be more excited. And I have so many questions. This is something that I look at as a complete win. We as Disney fans, and I think this is something great. Like, this is something that, and to put it in perspective, this reminds me a lot of Star Wars Weekends. And that's kind of how I feel about Avengers Campus as a whole. Although I'm not the keenest on Avengers Campus, I feel like Avengers Campus captures that spirit where it has that sandbox fun of let's just have fun with Marvel. And Rogers the Musical is perfect. We asked for stuff like this. This is like some bonkers 90s stuff, like 90s Disney stuff. Like this is something that, you know, there's all these partners, especially like the 90s partners who want Disney to start doing stuff like this again, where it's just pure fun, sugar, and like completely, it's like left. And it, it, it tries to do something different. And I'm, after watching it, like, after watching Hawkeye and saying, you know, the bits and pieces of the musical that they showed, I can't wait. I really cannot wait. I Marvel needs stuff. Like, I, I like it where it's diverse, where we can have fun. And the theme park is perfect for this type of stuff, especially Avengers Campus, because Avengers Campus oh, is essentially I'm just a mishmash. <laughs> I'm so grateful they put this in a theme park and not on Broadway. I'm so thankful. This deserves to be in a theme park. Don't put this on Broadway, please. Please keep it to where it could be bite-sized fun. It's a it's it's a joke. 
like in of it of itself of like making fun yeah. of like so it's not meant to be i was i was a little worried for a second there with how much kevin feige was talking this up that they were going to make a broadway run or an off-broadway run with this and i was like oh it's gonna it's it needs to be one act short really memorable really enjoyable campy fun and there's no there's no better place to do it than at a theme park there's no better other better place to do this and that's exactly what we got no he did say we we're going to get an off-broadway run and technically this ain't on broadway so he was right no like, like forget for, <laughs> this is this is something on the table that i'm willing to like Think about like if it's if it's as good as I think it's gonna be. I'm like, because eh, we've been waiting. We're like Disney build build a Marvel ride that makes me want to give up Spider Man, and I'm like, oh, I kind of want this, this over here. Thing? Is this gonna be it for me? Because <laughs> this gonna be the one. Wow. If if that's what, if you would have told me it would have been a musical. A musical stage show that would have beat out Spider-Man? I would have told you you were crazy. Um, But it could be so cool. It could be so cool. Maybe they'll be inspired by this to do like an actual born stuntacular style stunt show. But I'm just hoping it doesn't fall into the fate of Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. And I don't think it will. I really don't think it does. It's not taking itself too seriously. It knows what it's trying to be, and I really hope they got the same people that... I mean, even... I could do this all day. It's written by the people who wrote Hairspray. Oh my god, really? Yep. And they just did... Um, soundtrack, too. Oh, they... If this isn't on Disney+, Plus, I'm rioting. Because I, I say I'm going to California, my broke at Like, no. I'm about to start college. I don't got that kind of money. Um... You could well unless 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 I go to school in California, I ain't going to California. Like it's not happening. Um, they better drop this on Disney Plus, and if they don't, I will riot. Like when it closes, they, they better put it on Disney Plus. If y'all don't, I want a pro shot. I want it on Disney Plus tomorrow. Y'all better get it out there. I want a documentary. I want everything. I can also see this being on the. You know the Marvel Day at Sea for the cruise ships. Oh, it like, totally should. It totally could be because I hear people rave about. I have yet to do a Disney cruise. I'm not a big water person, mm-hmm. so I don't really do a lot of water anything. Yeah, I've, I've so, been on one Disney cruise. From what I hear, uh, uh, like from what I hear, the the shows are the shows are crazy. I yep. I, I gotta say, yep. I, I think nope, this would belong the one right. Thing we. We we went Go on ahead. a Disney cruise. We went on a Disney cruise. I believe it was like 2019. Um, everything we thought was overpriced, over ridiculous, um, not worth it, except for the shows. The shows were phenomenal. They also let us see Frozen two early, which was a little cool. I don't know if it was early or the same day, but I just remember getting to watch Frozen two in like a massive theater they just put the screen on so that was cool mm-hmm. but they did i think they did beauty and the beast like the full two-hour stage show and I, it was just it's nothing like i've Good seen on Lord. a cruise ship 
Yeah, and it was like full sets and everything, like exactly what you'd see on Broadway. It was really? crazy. So yeah. not like an abridged version. I didn't know that. Heck, if no. somebody told me that. It's Whoa. the full thing. Okay. That was what that was the first time I'd ever seen Beauty and the Beast. I hadn't watched it before. It was it was the stage version. Um, oh my oh my god. Okay, now that I Well actually no, I think I watched I think I watched I think I watched the remake first. Uh, I don't know when it came out. I don't, I don't remember. I really like that one because I love it when they have the cut songs and I absolutely love my favorite Beauty and the Beast song isn't even in Beauty and the Beast, but I like how they've retroactively even put it in the parks too. But um, what is it? Um, oh, why am I blanking? It's my favorite. Oh, why am I blanking? Ferric. What is it called? Um, when we're human again. When we're human again. Oh my God. That's my favorite. Like I, I love when we're human again. They play it in Bell's Village and I lose my mind. Like I, God, I miss eating the pork shank coming that back in the day oh my god it takes me back to when i was your age uh such a good such good times being broke bumbling around disney with 20 dollars in my pocket that i had to stretch out for two days it was uh fun absolutely fun but yeah no um i'm looking I, forward I, to Rogers the musical i I'm pushed just, back oh sorry, go ahead. continue no continue oh i pushed I pushed back my California trip because Disneyland's tripping and they're opening up mm-hmm. Toontown a week later. So, and they're also not going to open up Indiana Jones back up again until March 26th. So I pushed my thing out a month. I don't think I'll be there in time for Rogers the Musical, but I would definitely be trying to go back in during the fall. So I am looking forward to it. I really am. I haven't even seen any shows inside of the Hyperion. I know that they've done Aladdin. Toy Story, but Toy Story didn't stick and they immediately tossed it out and brought back Aladdin. And then they also ended up doing Frozen, which is what was there for the longest. But now that it's Rogers the Musical, it makes sense. I don't know you haven't been to DCA before, but Hyperion is right right before you get to Avengers Campus. It works perfectly. Like, it just does. I mean, that whole Hollywood sec- backlot section needs a lot of love. It's always sort of been like the Hollywood section, honestly, should just basically be Hollywood Studios of land because it just does not know what it wants to be. <laughs> it's yeah, such a mishmash. It's, it's, California Avengers is a mess. It, it's it's very much like that area has always been basically Hollywood Studios. It's basically been MGM from the Art Deco facade on one side to the working studio stuff and part of it to like parts of the animation building being in there as well. The stage shows like it's, it's a hodgepodge mess. It's basically Hollywood studios. land. Yeah. I've heard the idea of switching California adventure and Hollywood studios between, between um, the two parks. And honestly, honestly, you you can tell which one. Hell, all th- that one Disney Studios over in Paris and MGM, they all feel like one part that was split into three instead of like sent across three parts of the world like freaking horror cruxes from Harry Potter. Like it's just it, it shouldn't be the way it is. Like it really shouldn't be. They should just all yeah, be these, one park. These studio as as we've seen over time, these studio parks cannot maintain. They no. just they're they weren't a good idea. But back back to Rogers. Um, just one more thing before we move on. What do you think the story is going to be? 
Oh, did you not see Hawkeye? I saw no, I saw. But that takes place so the so um I can do it all day takes place at the Battle of New York. Yes. So they're obviously gonna have that song in there. They did it at D twenty three. But I like, think the story is just are they gonna go, go ahead, from sorry. first Avenger to Infinity War? Are they gonna go first Avenger to Civil War? Like how like where are they going with it? Are they gonna go up from first Avenger to like the first Avengers? I think they're going to touch on all of his movies, including Civil War, and I think then we're going to do the whole... Then Thanos is going to show up, and that's going to be... Like, that's going to be the finishers. when They're going to all reunite, and it's going to be the whole portal scene, but done in probably the most campiest, goofiest way, and that's where it's going to end, where he ends up giving the shield to... I'm hearing the, a reprise of I Can Do It All Day and, like, them walking oh all – Oh, my God. I can hear it. Or I can see it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yep. No. I, I, I would not I be just surprised. don't know. I don't know how they – I don't know how they fit it all in 40 minutes, but – I think they might stretch it out to an hour. I think they might do an hour show for this. One act, one act is 40 to an hour. That's – like one one act, well, one act to me screams forty minutes because that's what I'm born with. One act being is forty minute limit, but I think they'll stretch it from for to be about for to be about fifty. I could see fifty five. I could see. 55. But they said they said short one act, so I don't know if they're just saying short so people don't expect two hours. Like they're just because some people don't know what one act means. Yeah. Maybe I, I think it's just, probably going to be clarifying. Forty-five minutes to an hour. I feel like that's what it's going to be. I, I, I got a feeling. I got a feeling. I think it is. I really think it is. I think the there's nowhere to go but up. Um, I love everything MCU. So this is. I loved Ant Man. Unlike every other critic on the planet, because y'all are just haters. Um, oh, I liked it. It was. A, I, I thought it was. It wasn't as bad as everybody would say it was. It wasn't like Love, Thor, Love and Thunder, where I kind of was coming out of I'm, it. I'm or sick Eternals of people. Was... I'm sick of people being like, and this is when the MCU is going to end. People are sick and tired. No, we still like it. Like, I think people still like it. I just it, it's taken. I think Disney is putting out too much, and unlike in the past when they put out little and the payoff ended up coming pretty soon, putting out too much and the payoff not getting there fast enough, you're just kind of extending the payoff from happening by giving us more to watch. So people are just conditioned to, I mean, heck, the first phase of Marvel was like four or five movies over time over like the time of like three to five years. So I, I expect it to sort of be the same. Like I really do expect to see it be the same. Well, I think that's what people were expecting to it being the same because I think most people figured, Oh, because there's going to be more content. That means we're going to get more to the juiciness fast enough. And that's not necessarily it. If anything, they're just padding out and adding is is worse. Well, I wouldn't say worse. It depends on how you look at it. They're building more, and I think we're going to see the payoff of this. I think we are going to yeah. see the payoff of this. I just think we're conditioned, and people are conditioned, where we got a lot 
it seemed like we got a lot more and a lot less of time or a lot less of viewing hours as opposed to we've watched all of these shows. When is it really going to start hitting? And where is it going? We'll see. We'll see. So who knows? I'm excited. I will just watch stuff. And I don't If it's bad, it's bad. If it's good, it's good. Yes, I'm a shill. I'm a Marvel, whatever. <laughs> come up Everybody's a shill to Sorry. something. Sorry. Hell, I brought Pokemon Diamond. I brought... Hell, I bought Pokemon Brilliant Diamond. It's basically it's the same. It's on my game. desk. It's right here. I have it. Everybody's a shield for something. Yaga is staring hey, right at me, screaming, Why did you pay $60 for this? Actually, I didn't. I got it as a birthday gift, but still. Oh, God, I gotta remember those years when I used to get Pokemon games for for my birthday. Then my mom was like, Screw that. This is $30. I didn't know I was going to have to do this every year. I'm out. <laughs> No, it was but, great when it was twice a year. So I'd make, I asked, uh, last year's twice. So I asked my my aunt for the one game and then my grandma, I said pre-order. It was great. Oh my God, that could have gone real bad. I'm, I'm here for the brilliant diamond game for my grandson. He told me to pre-order it. I don't know what that means, but. No, you just got to send them the Amazon link. It's so much easier. Oh, you know what? You're right. Oh my god. Oh my god. You made me just feel so old. <laughs> you made me feel so old. Dude, back in the day you just had to like tell them what you wanted and pray to God that they got it right and it show with like Digimon World 3. Like you just had to absolutely pray to God that they got it right. You really did. Or you had to like circle it inside of the sales paper and give it to them and pray to God like they don't like they have their reading glasses on them. Oh my God! Look at you! I just sent the Amazon link. Oh my God! Oh my God! You made me feel so old. Jesus Christ! You made me feel so old. Oh my God! Y'all don't. You don't know how good you have it. You don't know how good you have it. Many times, my parents, my dad, still calls it Pokemans. Unironically. Oh my God! I've been playing this game for since I was two years old. Oh, I almost slipped up and said the N-word. I'm, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. So, let's keep going. Dudley Do Right's Ripsaw Falls opened with Islands of Adventure on May 28th, 1999. Um, this is one of the uh, like foundational rides. If you if you haven't go, um, gone and watched Alicia Stella, she was on our last episode. If you haven't seen that, go check that out. Um but she did this amazing thing about the original ideas of Cartoon World. This was here. Yep. Um, but actually, one of the cooler concepts, and I wish that they stuck with this, there's, there was like two ride vehicles that were like basically together. They were just positioned right next to each other that gave the illusion that they were one, and then they'd be sawed in half at the final drop. Um, would have been really cool. Not here, but if you ever wondered why it's two drop hills, that's why. I I also want to shout out to my friends over at the Unbuilt Podcast. They actually did a two-part episode on Cartoon World and Tooniversal, which I think Tooniversal is just a better name. I love Tooniversal. Mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with cartoons and animation, especially old animation. So I absolutely like I absolutely love that episode. And I love I think that was the first episode that made me like find Unbuilt. 
definitely recommend listening to them because they do go down in like detail about this as well as what Alicia did as well. I, I really good. Um, so I'm going to date myself a little bit. I, I talk about this all the time. Heck, I actually have a picture of my first trip to Islands of Adventure. Not too far from me sitting on like my desk with me and my siblings and my cousins all going to Islands of Adventure. And we're at one of the cutouts at Toon Lagoon. If you don't listen to my other podcast, you don't know this. I love Toon Lagoon. That's my favorite mm-hmm. Islands of Adventure island. Love Toon Lagoon to death. I love old school comics. I love Jay Ward. Ward. I love Popeye. I love those old cartoons. My granddad, he loved old cartoons. He loved cartoons in general. Like he loved favorite cartoon right before he passed in his later years was King of the Hill. Loved it. And I could only watch it with him because he's the only person who would tell my mom to screw off and let me be able to watch it with him. Uh, we would share old cartoons. We also loved Cat Dog too for some reason. But we got up early, both him for work and me for school, and. Cartoon Network would still show old cartoons. This was before, this is how old I am. This was back when like Adult Swim wasn't as prevalent yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it would just, and you would wake up and Popeye would be on or Rocky and Bullwinkle would be on. So a lot of these cartoon characters I grew up with. So I, I absolutely, absolutely, absolutely love these. And I remember... Heck, I'm even looking right now. My I have a big book from like 1977, which is like the the definitive collection of newspaper comics from the Smithsonian. Like I absolutely, it's a thick, it's a thick behind book too. It, 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 she thick. It, it's a it's a big book. It's a big and it smells like the 70s. It smells like Nixon's breath. Like it is. Oh lord. It's it, it's a it's a it's a huge book. I remember my first time going to Islands of Adventure. My dad all said to each one of the kids, he said, everybody will be able to pick out one ride that they want to do, and we will do that ride. And when I walked past, and I remember this verbatim, little four or five-year-old Jalen, skin and bones, wife beater hanging off of his shoulders, saw rips off falls and pointed and said, Dad, I want to do that. And we did that ride. That was, and I absolutely loved it. I loved it to death to the point where I went back to my granddaddy, told him about it. And I think I said several times, I want to take granddaddy to Toon Lagoon. I want to take granddaddy to Islands of Adventure. I want to take granddaddy to Islands of Adventure. And one summer we came back and we were about to come back and we got a phone call. Granddaddy had a heart attack, passed away. Was never able to take him to Toon Lagoon. So Toon Lagoon holds a special place in my heart because of my granddaddy and because of this memory of what this ride has. So I'm biased to Ripsaw. I'm I'm telling you right now the gate. This is all to tell you y'all already know how I'm finna vote. <laughs> y'all already know what I'm finna say, player. Yeah, nah. Oh, I knew I knew before we started. You listened to my episodes talking about me and my love of Tune the Goon? No, I just I just I know you well. No, that's not Ripsaw Falls, it's Splash Mountain, but uh Oh yeah, you know what? I mean, Splash could took it. Splash could have. Hey, it's it's not that wide of a margin. It's not that wide of a margin. We'll get Splash there, and y'all, y'all hear default. what I have to say later. Um, so the the cue, uh, both of these. Can we get a log from Flume Ride with like a good cue, please? Because both of these need a little bit of love. Um, 
Hey, shout out There's to a couple. Tokyo. Shout out to Tokyo. Uh, yep. Splash Mountain. Y'all holding it down. Taking it over for the mm-hmm. 99s and 2000s. Y'all are doing great. And um, I'm trying to think of other flume rides that might have better cues. And you might be right. Stanley Falls at Bush Garden sucks. Tidal Wave sucked back in the day. Yeah. No it's- flume ride I've ever been on has a really good cue. You got a point. I think... Maybe maybe it's something with the infrastructure for for flume Possibly, rides. maybe. I don't know. Oh, I'm gonna have to think on that. I not even and would you count would you count Jurassic as a flume ride? Uh, it's like a jumbo flume ride. It, yeah, I guess. But that one doesn't even have a good cue either. Like you do get to see that little map of the. Of the only one that's got a good island. cue is, is Popeyes. Yeah. Oh my God. I'll get to Popeyes cue is great. We're gonna hopefully one day we'll do a Popeye versus something because Popeye is beautiful. Yeah. Love. Oh my God. I think versus. Um, I think I I told you uh, look out Popeyes versus the one in Animal Kingdom. Oh, Lord. Don't do that to Cali River Rapids. <laughs> Please stop. He's already dead. <laughs> Cali River Rapids. Oh, Lord. All right. So back to this episode. Um, yeah, the queue. It is like some movie posters. I mean, a couple mm-hmm. references. Um, There's pause. Yeah, pause. Um, even like the... The story stuff of like Nell getting kidnapped, you see later on the ride, and it's also really dark for like no reason. Like, Mummy, I get it, it's supposed to be like dark because like you're in a temple or a studio or something, whatever Mummy was deciding to be that day. Um, but here it's well, just do like, you not get it? dark. No, I don't think Did I you, miss something? you don't understand the cue. Oh, we're walking into a movie. Yeah, I, like that's... so. I'm thinking it's it's a movie theater. So I guess that's why it's a little dimly lit. Yeah, that's what I assume. I assumed it was doing the the runaway railway thing. Where, because like, we essentially go screen. Yeah, because I, I know we eventually do go into the screen. So. Have you ever watched the Jay Ward cartoon? Any Rocky and Bullwinkle, Aesop's Fables, Peabody and Sherman? Not Do right, like probably, but not that I remember. So these guys are essentially what the Muppets were doing before the Muppets were doing it. It's mm-hmm. kind of like a meta where they are all actors, essentially. Where like even Rocky and Bullwinkle, they open the show and they're just showing you cartoons while there's an overarching plot with Boris and Natasha, the Russian dudes. So it's always been it's it's a very it's a very campy sort of look at it. It's a very campy and it's a very meta look at it, and especially for something that was made in the 1950s. It's it was really ahead of its time. It's a really, I, I looked at it and I'm like, this is Muppet humor. Like, I was like, when yeah. I grew up, I was like, this is pure Muppet humor. Like, this is 100% Muppet humor. It's very meta. So it fits with, you know, walking past the the stars and having the narrator. Like, you essentially, and I think this is what I love about it is just like Runway Railway, you are going into the cartoon. Yeah. I just, I don't think the execution is 100% there. Yeah, no, um, I 
a lot of things on this ride. The execution is right. Yeah. All the money went into Popeye. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So it's very, and it's also really steep. Like a lot of it's, it goes. It's got to get you down low. Something is structural. I know something structural. It has to be something structural. Mm -hmm. Because you're right. We do go deep. Like we go. We it it, it it it's weird. It's a weird setup, and you can feel like you're a little like you're under something. Yeah, it's it's odd. It's a very odd cue, and it doesn't feel one hundred percent thought out. No, again, all the money went into Popeye. <laughs> all the money went into Popeye. All the money went into Popeye. So once you're once you're on the ride, um, I don't. There's nothing major that we missed in the queue. We didn't talk about the doors and how each door talks, and there's a gag there. You don't talk. We didn't talk about how. Well, this is just me being a nerd and nerding out. One thing I absolutely love is the wooden architecture here. I love how it has like because you're basically walking into a lumberjack yard, absolute lumber mill. I like how it has like that. It has that classic Canada sort of woodsy, almost like Fort Wilderness, but they still make it look cartoony. We also mm-hmm. forgot to talk about the parodies of the animatronics over at, um, I forgot the name of them. There's Max. I think there's Max and a few others, but the you see a bear and I think a raccoon on the wall. Mm-hmm. That are like mounted up there, like just the heads, and that's a call. That's a nod over. There's a few nods to a few Disney attractions in this thing. Yeah, and that's very much Jay Ward. Heck, there's an entire, there's an entire um, Fraction Fairy Tales episode that makes fun of Disneyland and Walt mm-hmm. Disney. It was Walt Disney's like a bum version of Prince of like Prince Charming, but anyway, um, you get to see those two. You get to see the two animatronic like heads up there, just like the ones in Country Bear Jamboree. Something I'm noticing about this ride, especially in like the parody aspect of it, these two look like they're supposed to be janky. Like they look like they're supposed to be these janky mm-hmm. animatronics, and I, and you can definitely make fun of them because if you go to Country Bear Jamboree and you sit next to the heads, you can hear them blink. Like you like when they <laughs> blink and when they like. It is, and like I did, because I loved Country Bear Jamboree. It's so hilarious. It's making fun of white trash. It's my favorite pastime. But anyway, <laughs> I love seeing them mounted up there, and I love seeing people like look over, and you can hear like the the tiki room hides it very well because you're it's like a lot of noise, and, it's, and when you hear the clicks and everything, it seems like it works with the tune of the song, but when it works when the mounted heads are talking, oh my God, like it's that they're comment, like they're commenting on the show. So you can hear them shudder. So I like how on Rocky and Bullwinkle, they make them look janky. They make them look, this is a parody of a Disney ride. Like this is very much Jay Ward. Like I, I know that doesn't, that goes over a lot of people's heads because it's such a, it's a different property. And the Brendan Fraser movie ain't take off like how the Brendan Fraser movie should have took off. So, you know, needless to say, Universal put their eggs in the basket that probably sh- shouldn't have been put into. I don't think people get it. But yeah, the chandeliers, I love how the chandeliers, 
look like cutouts of people. Like as you get up to the loading platform, there's chandeliers hanging down and they're like cutouts of people who are supposed to be like looking over the balcony and the stands. I absolutely love that. Like I love that. But okay, let, let's keep going. So you're on the ride. Um, and I don't, cause there's, there's the projection or there's not, it's not project. Anytime we talk about projection, I instantly think projection mapping. This is literally just like a projection on a screen. Um, mm. it kind of, it talks about snide, snidely, um, yeah, snidely whiplash. Yeah. And it kind of gives, it kind of gives a little bit of backstory. Um, not that you need much backstory because no, just it's a very, I don't want to, I don't want to profile the man, but he was born to be a, like a, like an evil man. Like when 100%, I like, there's a part of it in the show when they, they're like our hero and our villain. And you're like, boo, hiss. Like they want you to, it's very vaudevillian. Like I love, oh my mm-hmm. God. I love, I love, it, it's just, it's very vaudevillian. I love it. I love it so much. So, I, oh my God. In the, in the first room, it's still in black and white. And it's literally yes. a parody of Splash Mountain. Like there's animals it's... trying to play instruments. And mm-hmm. they're doing so bad. It's it's kind of really funny. It's I, I lo- it's so good. So it's good. so good. Just it captures a lot of humor. This ride, this is not the only. There's at least two more Disney ride parodies that I have written down here, and this this is probably the most obvious one. Yeah. Um, but. Because because you're on you're on a log flume. It's like that's the first like any like, I'll give Splash credit for this. Like when you think of log flume rides, you think of Splash Mountain. Yeah, like that is and that so, is I mean, the the ultimate log flume attraction. So knowing that and putting that in here, it's so it's so perfect. I don't know. I think the I, I don't know if it's the ultimate flume attraction. I I, I think um what well, Dave like, Cobb and not not it. the ultimate not the ultimate is in like the best, but like the most iconic. Because the Flintstone log flume ride looks looks banging. Oh lord! The oh, Flintstone. Lord. I'm not even. That's not even me. That's not me saying that ironically or like as a joke. That I, that made me want to go to Dubai. I'm also a huge Hanna Barbera. I, I love Hanna Barbera too, especially the Flintstones. So that's a whole nother. I really wish we got a Flintstones land. I really after the movie dropped. That's another. Uh, that's another thing. That's another thing. But yeah, we're going up the lift hill, and we can see. You know, they introduce us to the characters like how they do in the show. Like if you watch Dudley Do Right, the show, the opening is we see Dudley on the back of the horse and we see Snidely chasing chasing like running away with Nell like it's it's just beat for beat it's, it's absolutely perfect that they did the homework here yeah no the the music captures like exactly like I don't like the music is so perfectly timed with it it just gives exactly the right energy that it needs to give as he's like galloping up the hill to go save to go save Nell and it's so it's so perfect it's very corny, and I like that about it. Like I said, it's very vaudevillian. It's very hammy, and it's very. That's what it's. It, it, it. That's what Dudley is supposed to be. It's. It's a very. 
out of everything in Rocky and Bullwinkle, there's like five different sort of segments of the Rocky and Bullwinkle and Friends show. And each one kind of does something different and has its own thing going on. And Dudley Do-Right is very vaudevillian. So hearing that piano in the background, hearing the sound effects, hearing the narrator ham it up a little bit. Like it's it's really, and the narrator's voice is, whoever did that is perfect. Oh, yeah. Same thing with Nell. Like they actually got June Foray to come back and voice Nell for this. I thought that was absolutely great. If you don't know who June Foray is, look her up. The God, like she is the godmother of female animation voice, uh, female, you know, voice actors. She is one of, like, held as one of the queens of voice acting. June Foray has done so much. So, yes, no, absolutely, absolutely love it. Let me, let me let's keep going. So we we see Dudley about to fall off a ledge. And well, no, he's, he's, his- he's like, in, because he's on, so you, you, so you turn the corner, it's like, a, it's like a, U, a U-turn around. He's, like, on this... Like about like he's rowing somehow he's in a boat rowing and then Stiley is like pushing a rock and it's just a lot of these cute little gags like it doesn't it doesn't add up to anything but it's but it's these cute little gags just to keep the ride uh, like going and it's got you a lot of kinetic the, energy. You know where the rock is from, right? You know what that parody is, right? No, I don't. Oh, Snow White Scary Adventure with the um with the witch. Go like I think it's the witch, yeah. The witch is about to throw a boulder on you. It's I don't know if you grew up going to ride that one or if you saw that iteration. I back at Disneyland they still did have the boulder where the witch is about to like make the boulder fall on you, but it ends up falling back on her instead. Mm-hmm. That's sort of what ends up happening. And I remember seeing it in the Magic Kingdom attraction. That was my favorite Fantasyland dark ride until it closed. So that was, that's essentially what that is a parody of as well. They actually, they make some rounds around on this one. They hit Frontierland. They hit Adventureland. Like they, they do a, they do quite a bit. So um, continuing on, um, you're, uh, you turn into a room. Dudley's getting attacked by a bear. Oh, I wonder yes, where they got a bear from. Sidley um, um, ties Nell to the train track. Um, Classic. As we move on, and then and then the horse and Dudley are tied to the train track as well. And then um, I got this reference as you pull up, and the the, the train, Mister Toad's Wild Ride. Yeah, that's actually really funny because this is the same year that Winnie the Pooh opened up. (laughs) So I think people in Orlando still would have got that, you know. This is definitely, it's almost like the Simpsons ride too, where this is very much a locals ride in the sense that you have to be somebody to who goes to these parks enough or who at least lives in Orlando and hits these parks who will get what this is parroting. I mean, even beyond that, as someone who didn't, like, when I first wrote this, didn't get all of these references, like, it's still, like, it just it's just a fun gag in and of itself. Mm-hmm. So, I think beyond that, it still works. It's very much like The Simpsons Ride. I, I think it's like The Simpsons Ride, where it's like, because 
unlike say something like Back to the Future, which is having his own self-contained story, Dudley Do Right, much in the same way of well, Jay Ward in general, much in the same way as The Simpsons is just known for parroting stuff. So it lends itself if it ends up getting a theme park attraction. It's like when they got a movie, it parodied the movie, so it's also going to parody a theme park attraction. It just makes a lot of sense. And they do a great job of just... The thing I like about this one is... The one thing I don't like about this one is I wish that the animatronics weren't so simple and weren't so... It works for Popeye because Popeye is... Well, let's keep going. Let's keep going. I'll get to that in the breakdown. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. So, um, after we drop, we, um, we pass by TNT collection, um, and then they're fighting over a lever, uh, Sidley and Ripley, uh, uh, Dudley, Ripley, who's, uh, Dudley Do-Right, um. It's just turned into an alien rise, folk. So, we pass, we pass by, we're, ju- we fell from the train tracks, and now we're passing by a collection of TNT, Sidley and Dudley are fighting, um, over a lever, we drop again, and then we're on to the big finale. We pass by signs, like a couple gags telling us we shouldn't go up the hill, um, lift hill, and I think they, they stuck with the tradition right here. We don't get bear ass, but we get Dudley and horse ass here <laughs> while we're going up the lift hill. So that's a win, maybe? I don't know how you classify that. Um Um, I'm going to say it's a win because okay. it's not racist. <laughs> we can we can have ass out just as long as it's not racist ass. Yeah, I'm cool with that. I mean, come on. <laughs> just like the same way you don't like to see Trump with his juicy pants on. You don't want to oh, see <laughs> you don't want to see the bear. Good god. Oh god. So, um you continue by um Dudley and Sidley are shooting at each other, and then we go. Which is one this, of my favorites. Yeah, that's a cute moment. Back in the day, they used to think they shot water. Back in the day, I would yeah, think they, they shot water at each other. I thought they did as well, but I didn't. I, didn't I don't. I haven't been on it. I don't do this one much often because it will get you wet. It will. Yeah. yeah. All of the rise into the goon, you will not leave. Not so, and if you're over six, if you're over six feet, it takes an hour and a half to get out. They have to get a shoehorn, some butter. It's a whole production. It is. I do not get on this. I do not get it. It is easy to get into, hard to get out of, and you're also soaking wet at the end. So no, I don't yeah. do this one. So um, we move into the, the drop building. Some neat little effects with boom, with like a boom, and then so he's so Snidely, he's like got thrown into, like because you could see like a layout or like a an outline of where he got sent into the building. So Dudley like yeeted him there into the building, and he's like blowing up, right? Yes, he ends up setting it off by accident and ends up blowing it up. And in the mist, he does save Nell and he ends up stopping Snidely. But in true Dudley's fashion, everything else failed. Like he the, the collateral damage. Oh, <laughs> all yeah. the property damage. Like it's it's not Yes, he saved the girl. But he also took everything else down with it. Like he 
like it, yeah. it's true Dudley fashion because in my mind I can see this as a gag because it's very much like in any type of cartoon where like they save the day but then it's like you see a bunch of people fall out and I could definitely see like if it was a cartoon the camera would pan and Dudley would be like oh I saved the day and and Nell would go what about the writers <laughs> you, you oh, 100% writer. we'd be dead it yeah, like you would look there and it would just cut to them looking down at us. I wish there was a way that there was, um, when you drop, there was some kind of way where we could actually see them looking down, like a little animatronic of them, or like their heads looking down with like huge cartoon eyes were like popping out of the head, like, oh my God. It's like, it's like the, scarlet, the scarlet and violet eyes. <laughs> the yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I would absolutely love to I would absolutely love to see that. Another thing that I love with this is the sound effects that go off as you go on it. And if you're looking at it, if you're looking at it while it drops, you see all of the floorboards like of the mill that you go under all explode and pop up That's and where all up. the money That's- went. <laughs> all the money went into that one effect. It's like it's like, like it's- the animatronic at the end of Navi River Journey. All the money went there. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, what about the rest of the ride? What do you mean? They're going to see this. They're going to see those four boys move. This one's going to get the people in. They don't care about the actual ride. <laughs> well, by golly, Johnson, I think you're right. And heck, they're right. That's that that got my little six year old behind in there. Also, at nighttime, it's perfect too with the neon. Every that's one thing that Toon Lagoon does great is at nighttime with all the neon. And Dudley Do Right is no exception. It's it's really it's much better at night. So after after the drop, we move out past the uh, water sprayers um, that you could pay twenty five cents. It's got to be it was at least twenty five cents. It's probably a buck fifty now. Um, oh, it's it's easily three dollars. <laughs> There's something butter beer All for right. eight dollars a cup now. Everything went up. Inflation's yeah. Butter beer when I was right. when I was your age, butter beer was five dollars. <laughs> oh my god, that's insane. Now that's it's like eight dollars a newborn like a child. Deal. That's cr- that's crazy. That that seems like a it, deal now. It was five dollars a cup back in the day. Eight dollars was if you wanted the souvenir cup with it. Now they're selling forty dollars souvenir cups. Oh my god! I'm not kidding. They just dropped a new cup that's like thirty eight dollars because it's all metal. Will it? I be buying it? Maybe. I do not know. I'm a sucker for metal cups. Okay. <laughs> I want to look like a big shot at the next Ren Fair. <laughs> um, but yeah. Oh, we we go past Snidely. He's in jail. One good gag I like about this is Snidely is in a jail cell where. The two rods, like the jail rod, like the cell rods that should be holding him in, they're kind of caved in like a, an A-frame. So he could easily get out. Oh, he totally could. Like, I thought that's a great little gag. He's just dumb, and I don't know why they did that for him. I know it's like a Latin last little, like, what is this guy doing? He could easily get out. Oh, my God. But I don't like that. Snidely should be smart, but... He's a foil. Like the reason why Snidely lose is loses is because Dudley is just he's gonna get like a reverse Milo Murphy effect. Even though he messes things up, at the end of the day, 
it all it just always seems to work out with him at the end of the day. Like, and I think that's what Snidely always underestimates is yes, his opponent is dumb as all get out, and he's definitely smarter. It's more so the universe just doesn't rock with you, dude. <laughs> Um, no, yeah, the end. This is of course, uh, of course, a call uh, parody, callback, whatever you want to call it. Pirates of Caribbean. Yeah, no, but the little, but this time it's a squirrel because it's Canada and they're mm-hmm. Mounties. <laughs> so then we go into the celebration uh, with literally four people. They could have afforded a couple more animatronics, maybe. Because this, this is like. This is how I imagine, like, a budget zippity-doo-dah. It's, like, four people at most. I'm not lying to you. Right here and there. Again, this is Jay Ward all over again. It was, a, like, remember what I told you about the Muppets? It's a cheap show. It's a super <laughs> cheap show. They commented all the time about how cheap their show is. It's, especially in an era where everybody was not Disney, Hanna-Barbera and Jay Ward, Ward, their charm was the fact that they were cheap. Like, that's what a good, like, good writing and charm. Like, that was it. Everything else was, the budget went into the writing, not in the animation. So, Dudley Do-Right being cheap, I understand. Popeye was different. This whole Popeye, this whole Popeyes that have, like, that's 2D with, like, full physical sets behind them where Popeye walks through. So I understand why that would get all of the money poured into as opposed to people expect Dudley Do-Right to be cheap. It's always been cheap. This is, come on, it's it's Dudley Do-Right. You think we're going to blow the budget on Dudley Do-Right? Come on. This is 50, we're going to do this for $3 million and a ham sandwich. That's it. So, and, that's a, and you want to talk about good writing. I mean, we got we got stuck here once because somebody needed help unloading, and it was just the same, the repeated. And so it? our hero proves that a Mountie always gets his man, but not always his girl. Hey, that's true. I don't know about you, but I've been curved many a time. Uh, that's worse to live by. <laughs> Straight also, I'm sorry. That was probably me stuck. It was that was probably me. <laughs> that was me. I'm sorry. Oh, hey, no, buddy, don't you want to move? I'm so sorry. Don't laugh at me. I used and to. So our hero like proves you. that uh, it's just over and over again. <laughs> I'm sorry, fellas. Rough. It's my bad. My bad. Rough. My bad. Sorry. Sorry. My bad. You know it's bad That's- when people start clapping when you move. <laughs> when you get out oh, Lord. <laughs> but yeah let's 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 get down the rich ride is better i'll let you go first because they already know my position oh this is so be careful um, what you say it's still mar it's still february 23rd so here's i'm gonna walk you through my because i honestly don't know where i'm at right now um It's a lot of how do I look at Splash and and not see all of its very, very obvious flaws, but also understand that it's fundamentally probably a better ride. I think 
I just think that it does, um, it has actual scenes, like fleshed out, full out dark ride scenes as, as much racism and bull crap is in them. The Dudley has a little bit of a hard time competing with it. So, with all that said, I'm gonna go Dudley Do Right. Jesus Christ! Okay, that was that was okay. I was I was ready to. You lucky? Good for you. I don't have I, to put in the. I. This is this is something essential that I have to. That I'm gonna that I'm gonna make like this. This is this is what I have to say, and it goes back to the, what I have to say about removing art from the artist. There's there's a certain level of which I'm comfortable of saying that this that an attraction or any let's call it, let's just call it art, music, theater, TV, art. Like theme, it's theme parks are an art. They are anything like that. Um, there's a certain level of which, like, I, like, I, I always use Mike, Michael Jackson as an example. It's like, I understand what he did and how horrible of a human being he was, but I'm still going to listen to his music, not going to outwardly promote him as a human being, but I'm going to listen to his music understanding the negative things he's done. I can't do the same for other artists. I can't do the same for Kanye. Um, and when it comes to Splash, I just can't. It's too fragrant. Because even to its benefits, if it has the scenes, it has all of that, what are those filled with? It's filled with racism. Hitting you right in the face with the eye dialect. And it's just abhorrent and gross. And it's not even... It's not... I, it's hard to say it's not a product of its time. But it's... You know what I mean by, like, whenever they say, Oh, it's a product of its time. This was built... What? 90, 1989. 1989. Come on now. Come on now. No, it's not. Song of the South, you can make that argument. Does that ever make it right? I don't like that argument. No, but no, beyond, you can't say it's a product of its time. It's not. No. It is uh... 100% not. It is a stupid decision. One of the stupidest decisions. You have a, a film, outwardly acknowledged as one of the most racist films that you've ever made. And you decide to build an attraction on it? How stupid are how stupid are you? You're asking you're you're picking at it's poking the bear, for lack of a better like are you trying to piss people off? You could have made a ride about anything and you chose Song of the South and you say, Oh, we're just gonna use use the characters in inside, just the animals, it'll be fine. Why? Why? Right. Why would you do that? It's so stupid. It's I so stupid. Voices. 
Like I could, people were arguing for years, like, hey, what if they just changed voices? And a part of me was cool with that. If they changed the voices to the point where, like, yes, you did it. Because Tiana don't sound like that. Tiana and Keith David don't sound like that in that movie. Like, it's it's one of those things where it's, it's so y'all could have done something with more reverence and it's the 80s i i would expect them to say like hey we can't do it like this anymore let's we still want to do it but at least let's make it for today's time but no in the day tony baxter was like no 25 percent of the country expects to hear these exact same voices we need to make it sound like this and it's you can't even get Hell, Vin Diesel back or whatever, Bradley Cooper to do Rocket and yet you get the same... Oh my God. You oh kept the same God. pitch. You kept the... Like say, they kept the same pitch and everything. And you get a white guy to do it too. That makes it worse. I mean, the black guy doing it, that's... that's. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later. That, that's internal affairs type. That, that's, that's the family. But when white people do that picking any voice, it's it's... It's it, it's a little worse. It's a little worse. It, it's it, it's not a little. It's a lot of worse. It's it's it's, it's you know it's just been this infuriating. And I'm so recent. shocked that it took them this long. I'm I just can't. It just doesn't. It doesn't fit in my in my mind how this got greenlit. It's so incredibly stupid. And maybe that's just somebody that was born in 2005 who wasn't around in these. It just seems stupid. It's, it's just stupid. Like, you take this ride, get rid of the voices, and literally, I because as growing up, I thought it was its own original thing. Because I was like, Same. oh, I've never seen this before. Same. I, the voices are I'm a little saying. weird. Um Y'all could have changed the voices. Like the voices and then everybody would have loved change. it. Everybody, I guess there weren't, I, there wasn't disc I, Twitter back then praising original attractions or whatever. But I'm sure somebody would have loved it if it was just an original attraction. If that's what you wanted to do, you could have based it off of that and not had the rate. Like, it's so stupid. I, it's infuriatingly stupid. It's one of these things where it's, and I think that's the reason why I'm more so inclined to be okay with the Japanese version because I know it's not outwardly making fun of me or coming off very minstrelly because all of the voices are changed. All of the, a good chunk of, like the context still is messed up. Like the, the visuals on it is still messed up. But for some reason I can get past that as opposed to like, I can't do the pirates. Like I, I, I only did the pirates once, and I probably never would do it again until they changed it. Because those sexual assault scenes, like they're implied that we all know how it's going to end. I can't do that. That makes my stomach that makes my stomach churn in disgust. And this, when it comes to racism, I mostly just get mad and angry. When it comes to stuff like that, that physically makes me disgust, and I want to throw up. Like it makes me nauseous. When it comes to something like this, even though I know when the Japan version, I can let that slide a little bit more. Like I can let it slide a little bit more because at least most of it is lost. And most of the people riding it have no idea about it. I think 
Disney needs to do a lot better job going forward about what stories they introduce, especially when it has to do with other cultures to overseas, because there's a lot of stuff in Disney that they own that have no input from the actual people who they're based off of, or any of the characters are based off of, for that matter. Because, say, The Jungle Book. The Jungle Book is based in India, and it's written by some white guy. Well, let's get an Indian person's perspective on it. I think that's a much better way of, of handling it, because Mowgli is the only human, and he's also set, it's set in India. I think that's more of a, a thing that they should tackle if you're going to introduce that into a foreign market. They didn't think about that back then. They just introduced stuff to those guys, and it was they essentially just digested what white people said and took their imagery of what these coaches were. And going forward, y'all can't do that. I don't know how I feel about that, though, because y'all can't even get the right people. The right. Atlanta's being played by Allen. Some white dude right now, somewhere. Being played by a white dude. The the only representation that Middle Eastern Middle Eastern people have in the parks. And y'all have him being played by a white guy with blue eyes. Like I think that's what's more offensive. Y'all don't even give the man contact. You give him a spray tan, but y'all can't give him some contacts. Is he Tina? Hell the Tina chick, as well. The, the, no. Tina. Tina playing I mean, Tiana. Yeah, uh, I've I've seen that was hey, heck, me and me and me and Alicia, we we saw a storm and we we had a good little back and forth conversation about that. We saw a storm, and um, we saw a storm over at, at Islands of Adventure, and it was under the Tiana thing too, in the same thread. It was the same storm that we saw that day that we were talking about, and somebody ended up saying that ain't storm, that's drizzle. Like we're fine. <laughs> Like, where's Bond? Like, y'all, these are the few characters that we have, and y'all can't find four people of color to play. Just four. That's all you need. Four to eight people. Y'all can't get four black people together. I got four mother. I got four black people right now. I can call you right now. I can give them the names. Like, y'all got to do better. Y'all are the biggest entertainment company in the world. No excuses. It's not like y'all are like it's not like you guys are, are Six Flags. It's not like like you're a smaller company. Like Six Flags just does park stuff. You're a whole entire conglomerate. On top of that, your work like your your company's like has so much influence, and y'all can't get some black people. Y'all can't get. Some brown people? You can't get some hair people to play these characters? I think y'all bugging. And pay them, like, pay, maybe it's because y'all don't want to pay them enough to actually... Who would want to work there right down? now? Who? Who? I get it. I'm sorry, I'm I about to it. rant. Who, who would want to work there right now? Absolutely nobody. Good. Absolutely yeah, nobody. And y'all think your little discounts, yeah. your little PR, cut the crap. It's ridiculous. I guess I'll get to mine, and I guess I give you my reasonings. Um, I want to say Dudley Do Right first off is more thrilling with its drop. Let's start there. I think Dudley Do Right has a much thrilling yep. drop. I think it has the better stylistic drop. 
all you yeah, I'd agree, more, with, I'd agree with that. Way more kinetic energy, way more dynamic, as opposed to Splash's drop. Now, Splash's drop does have a lot of tension built up for it and everything like that. And I just think it's the difference of IPs there. But when you go down that, when you go down the drop, I don't think anybody's expecting that dip upwards. Like, I remember, like, that's always gets me every time I ride it. Is it when you go down and you get that little bit, like that little tiny bit of airtime and you go upwards and you land, like it's way more thrilling and you do not see that coming. Like you just do not see that that coming at all. And I absolutely like that because it kind of, and the dip is there for a reason because when you drop in water, you're going to dip down a little bit and then you're going to shoot right back up. And nobody talks about that. But Dudley gets that right in the sense that even with his cartoon physics of what it's going for, it gets that right because it would dip upwards. Nobody talks about that. And then you settle up on top. That's exactly how it would go in the cartoon. I I, I think the thrills and the engineering is there. But to Dudley's detriment, like I said, Dudley, Dudley is cheaper. It is definitely yeah. cheaper. You can tell. Heck, there's tons of when I was watching the ride through the day and even riding on it, tons of exposed building. And for the most part, I'm cool with stuff like that. But um, it's a lot in Dudley to the point where not even I. I'm a pretty generous guy, but even I can't be like y'all could have put a wall here. Like I'm not asking y'all to do like the most, but just put a wall. Yeah. A wall. Put put a ceiling up top. You know, I'm not asking for much. You know, I, I, or cover those things up somehow. Like, I, I and it doesn't even have to be all of them. Just something. So I think overall, I, I also look at S- Splash as being one of the best attractions ever made. I think technically it's it's a it's a great attraction. After doing the one in Tokyo, I can see how good it can be. So my caveat with this is I think Dudley wins if we're just talking about America. I think Mm -hmm. Dudley gets the IP right because the Dudley doesn't have to hold back either. Dudley goes full Dudley do-right. You cannot go full Song of the South. We know they couldn't do full Song of the South because they told them that they couldn't do song of this full song of the south when michael eyes was like no we cannot have an uncle remus animatronic we cannot have the tar baby you cannot go full song of the south and i think that's a detriment to also what that ip represents and it goes back in time to this goes right back to this thing shouldn't have been made because if you cannot go all the way out not for like a logistical reason in the sense that you just can't make it work technology wise, but because you know culturally this is going to come off as really messed up, then maybe you shouldn't build the ride in the first place. And so we don't really get the full potential of what it can be. We get the full potential of it in its like watered down form. And this isn't me advocating to get it in full force. This is just me saying that, like, if you can't go all in with the IP and give everything from the IP, not from like a technical standpoint, but just from a cultural standpoint, because you know certain things aren't going to fly, maybe you shouldn't do it. 
Like you just shouldn't do it. I, I don't. On think top of that, I think that's. I don't think that that should be groundbreaking to anybody. I think that that's like, it's so stu- it's so stupid. It's it's kind of like with me and Tron. Like I I did Tron recently, and. I did not feel like Tron was good and because it left me wanting more and because I didn't think it lived up to the IP. In fact, Tron, when I got off of it, the first thing I thought is like, why is this not a dueling coaster? If the light cycle games are about two, like I've played the Tron game, the light cycle game plenty of times. Everybody has just a giant game of snake. Mm -hmm. Why is it, why is it just one side? Why are we only one team? Why isn't it a dueling coaster? And that's what Tron to me, that's what the light cycle game is to me. So it should have two sides to it. So why does this have two sides? The same thing would be with Songa. Like you guys don't, and you guys have the technology to do it. I know you guys can do a dueling coaster. There has been tons of dueling coasters. You have done dual. If you couldn't do it like a coaster way, you could have also done it with test track technology. I know that you guys can do dueling test track cars. So why not do it with dueling light cycles? Same thing kind of implies here. It's just more like if you can't give it your all and it is still like more desirable with Dudley Do-Right, all I want more from Dudley Do-Right is just for stuff to be covered up. Mm-hmm. It gets everything right about that IP, the cheapness of that IP, the feeling and the vaudevillian brand of the IP, the characters, what they're doing, the iconic, like the major iconography from that. Like it gets every thing right and splash mountain so much of it is taken away from the movie and it to its own point like we said we thought it was an original attraction but even if you did grow up with the movie those are not one for one scenes there were only like three singing there's only like four singing animals in song of the south we didn't have all that other stuff it's not it's not Song of the South. It's not. And if you can't, they knew that they could not go full Song of the South. So why not do it at all? If they couldn't go full Dudley Do-Right, I wouldn't want it. But they, they gave it everything. It gave me everything that I would want in a Dudley Do-Right attraction. It really did. And it also delivers a bigger thrill. Dudley takes it. And I, I will say that Splash... Even though it's more oppressive technologically, it has all those animatronics, it has this, that, and the third. It just, after watching Song of the South, the movie, it just seems like they wanted, like how like how they said, they wanted to recycle a bunch of animatronics. So they just took a, a few songs, like they just took and America Sings and merged it with Song of the South and made some kind of weird amalgamation that's not really either. And again, if you couldn't, if you cannot go full Song of the South because of cultural reasons, you shouldn't do it. Because that's full reason to show that it's probably not a good idea because we can't give the public exactly everything that they would expect from this thing because we know it'd be messed up. And we also would know that it would not be true to the IP. So although they still somehow captured a good chunk of the racism. So eh, somehow maybe they did give you the racism was always going to make it through, baby boy. You already knew that. The racism always makes it through. <laughs> this is... The country this did not America. start trying to get his act together until like 2014. 
We used to say, uh, when I was your age, when you said you were in 2000, born in 2005, when you were six years old, if you heard the words that were coming out of 13-year-old me's mouth, you would not be on this podcast with me. But growth is real. As it is. And I cannot wait to see what this ride turns into. And maybe in two years we'll revisit this. if, And we'll see. Um, thank you, Jalen. Uh, this is basically your episode. Um, and I'm glad, I'm glad you got to say, um, a lot. Cause I think, I think it's important. So where can people find you? It's what I do. Come in and edge. If you would also like me to, you know, if you're white and also need a little bit of education, you can follow me on. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Although, if that's like your deal and you want to learn more about black stuff and black people's perspective, please visit. <laughs> if you want to learn more about, <laughs> if, um, y'all can find me on. Well, before jokes aside, before I get into that, also I am one voice. Black people are not a monolith. Mm-hmm. The opinions of are expressed by me or mine alone. Now there are a few black people who there's a good chunk of black people who agree with the words that are coming out of my mouth, but not all of them do. And there's a few of them who, and we are not a monolith. We are not always going to agree. And there are, this is just one person's take. I definitely recommend hearing other people's takes as well. Go out, search the world. I don't definitely think that you want to do with, I, I don't think you want to do Twitter as much unless nope. you can actually vet that that's a real person because there's a few. After Splash, believe it or not, folks, there are people who have been acting like like incognegroes. They have been out here impersonating black people. They have been, you know, just making up stuff. Although there was one girl who actually... It's like, it's who like the opening did... to Borat 2. Yeah. <laughs> very much. They're, they're out here. They're, they're very much out here just trying to stir up trouble and sway people to their side about Splash, even though that they're not actually black. So please be careful. Please be careful. Be sure to vet these people and figure out who they are. Although there's one girl who was actually dead serious and is real. And (laughs) honestly, I am so, I don't know why she's mad because she'll still be represented because raccoons seem to be sticking around for Tiana. So I'm sure she'll be right at home with the rest of those coons. Anyway, um, you can find me on Twitter at TCJalen. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at TCJalen and on Instagram at Tom Morrow's Child, all one word. You can also find me on my own podcast. I do solo at FatBMD and also on the e-ticket report. Shane, are you? Uh. This is this is gonna be one fun episode to edit. I don't know how much y'all are gonna hear. Um, leave it all. It's gonna be something. And if leave it all in, and if Miss Gent says anything, remember what date this was recorded? February twenty third, two thousand twenty three. I repeat, it was February twenty third. Five days. Before the before the end of Black History Month, I believe I have a pass. I don't know 
if I have to go get, you know, some paperwork done from the Black Citadel, but I will. I I will have my people meet your people. We have a notary republic, but it is another, but instead of notary, replace it with another word that starts with an N that you guys can't say. So, perfect. I can't wait to listen to the rest of this podcast because I've, I've, been, I've been cutting out every other minute. So I half of this podcast is going to be new to me in editing. So hopefully this one, actually the recording saves a little behind the scenes. The last one with Alicia did not save. So that was three days of panic attack. But yeah, we'll be back soon. Once again, I don't know what we're talking about, but we'll be talking about something next week. Um, thank y'all for listening. Bye. Watch out for them coons. Oh, Lord. I'm sorry. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Dylan just said Bye. that. Take it home with you. <laughs>